Wes Anderson gets animated Toy Story 2 heads to the past and back to the future zooms forward this week on 30 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the internet's leading pop culture time machine, brought to you by the Laser Time Network. Thank you guys so much for being a Laser Time 302010 listener, because this is the show where we uh, take you through three decades of new releases and fun stuff. We can help you figure out where you were, what you were doing, because we're covering a single week across three decades, 1989, 1999, and 2009, the week of November 22nd through the 28th as of this recording. So right now, we're opening up three portals to the past, figure out who you were dating, uh, how much your dad was drinking, all that great stuff. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, and I'm very excited to talk about two of the best sequels of all time. Uh, who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and I'm not crazy, but I've been in a bad mood for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> and drink the juice, Shelby. It's me, Sarah. I don't get any of that. Oh, wait, I do. I do I do actually get that. I have seen that fucking movie multiple times and yeah. don't know why. Uh, but again, Oh, yeah, we both teased the same thing. Mm, thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for Synergy. listening. This is a great episode uh, in, in terms of well, movies and finales. There's a lot of fun clips uh, that we're going to tell you about, so please do listen in. Two of the two of my favorite uh, movies of all time that I think maybe uh, outmatch their originators. I, I seriously, yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, I know this one of them is definitely a personal preference, but the other one is indisputable. And mm-hmm. find out what we're talking about as we listen forward. Uh, if you like video games. Patreon.com slash LazerTime supports the whole LazerTime network, uh, including this show, 302010. And we have a whole brand new show that's all about video, in-depth on the video games of 30 and 20 and 10 years ago. And the Video Game Apocalypse guys uh, helped us out last last month. And there's a whole a pretty extensive episode with uh, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez, and Maddie Allen talking about all the games of uh, October through the decades. It was really, really fun. And we're going to do that again. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Price of a cup of coffee. It's yours, and you can help your favorite podcast. And Podcast Network, stay afloat. Anyway, let's get into it. 30, 20, 10. Journey through the decades. November 22nd through the 28th. Let's start as we always do in 1989. Uh, hello, everyone. 1989, is everybody Hi. ready? Put on your slap yep. bracelets. Uh, yep. Velcro your shoes together. Maybe because I was a kid. I don't know if that was an actual adult trend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're in 1989, November 22nd through the 28th. We have uh, every one of these movies is fucking notable, and I love that they're all together in one mm-hmm. group. Uh, this is a hell of a lineup, mm-hmm. and I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toxic, Starting with Toxic Avenger <laughs> 3, The Last Temptation of Toxie, which I don't even know if I've seen this because I saw all these edited for cable, out of order. The, the fourth movie looks like it was shot in 1989, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it probably was. I mean, we, it's like it's less than a year, I think, between each Toxic Adventure movie. The, <laughs> they just start they just start rolling. And I didn't put the trailer in here because we would just listen to the whole thing and some of it's too visual. But it is wonderful it, it, because it's, it's trauma and they know that they are schlockmeisters. And so they really pimp out that this movie has like bigger, better special effects. And the special effect is they found a school bus that they could drive off a cliff. Yeah. Really slowly. I mean, that's very special. I'm I'm not, I mean, no insult. When I say, when I saw Toxic Avenger, it was like if you gave nine-year-old me the, like, and his friends the budget to make whatever movie we wanted. Mm -hmm. 
And yep. that's what we would have done as immature immature kids but like it's it's awesome that someone does shit like this i'm again i think this is the movie where somebody runs over the old lady in the walker they run over her head and then she just uh (laughs) shakes and shits herself while decapitated like Mm -hmm. that's exactly what i would have done with a Mm -hmm. movie budget i'm so glad someone put this on screen (laughs) uh but toxic avenger not enough lovely things can be said he's trauma's mickey mouse uh old toxie and I do not remember enough about this to talk about it in depth. I like that it's a reference to Last Temptation of uh-huh. Christ, too. Is there some sort of marriage subplot here? I don't know, because Citizen Toxie is, is the it, fourth one. I'm just dying yeah. to know if it plays into Last Temptation of Christ in any way. I can't imagine. I Although Willem Dafoe no. is in almost every scene. No, oh. that's not true. <laughs> that's... The Peter Gabriel soundtrack. <laughs> Unfortunately, there were a lot of protests by church Sure, groups. sure, of course. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, this is the movie every, every fucking... Watchdog and Christian should be protesting, and it was on cable well, in USA at like 11 p.m. all the time, and no one wow. ever said shit about Toxic Avenger. It's it even had its own cartoon and action figure line. I've seen clips of Toxic Avengers, and I can say that I agree with you. I'm glad that someone is making these, but it is not for me. Right, right. It's definitely not for everybody. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's fun. Hey. I mean, it really shows the sheer boundlessness of human imagination yeah that's what trauma i think yeah. trauma does yeah. like nice weirdos who want to make weird movies together yeah. and don't compromise in any way good on them it's fucking awesome i love trauma uh yeah these are so much fun to just like yeah try, take your drug of choice and hang out with your buddies late at night yeah and oh uh, man speaking of not for everybody gotta admit hey steel magnolias what i don't this know i don't know movies for everyone I, every time it's on I'll watch it. Sure. It's there's there's too many. Yeah. It's just one of those movies that like this feels like this would be a show now because there's too many characters and yeah. And, well, I mm-hmm. mean, I think that's what makes it so watchable is mm-hmm. that the acting is so good mm-hmm. and they do. One of the things that appealed to me a lot when I was younger is I like there's a bunch of different types. Yeah. There's like the mm-hmm. grouchy one and the naive one and the big boob one. <laughs> these are the I know what you're talking about. These are the, the primary yeah, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> these are the primary archetypes, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. And all women cut hair? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, okay, so Steel Magnolias, I feel like it's sort of held up as like the ultimate chick flick. I disagree. And that it's mostly about, it's it's almost all about women and it's like laughing and loving and friends and then sadness and blah, blah, blah. But it's also really funny. Yes. And no, it, I think you should not dismiss it as just, just, ew, it's a girl thing. I would mm-hmm. never, ever call this a chick flick. A chick flick to me is all centered around two people getting together and the com- comedic shenanigans that ensue, whereas this mm. is just a slice of life. Uh, yeah. Brought about through women, uh, told told by women, and it's funny. And I yeah. I don't know. I've I, I've watched this movie like every time it's on. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, a huge cast: Sam Shepard, Kevin J. O'Connor, uh, Dylan McDermott, Tom Skerritt, Daryl Hannah, Shirley MacLaine, Olympia Dukakis, Dolly Parton, Julia Roberts, and Sally Field in Steel Magnolias. They're in there. It's Miss Weezer. Back door. You hate them. I'm about to end them. My rope. Well, you tie a noose it and slip it over your head. You'll never get rid of them. Oh, Ugh, leave me alone. Why are you in such a good mood? You run over a small child or something? You have to be so crude. And you never want to lose them. That which does not kill us makes us stronger. Sally Field, Dolly Parton. It takes some effort to look like this. Oh, I can see that. Shirley MacLaine, Daryl Hannah, Olivia Dukakis. You have the handwriting of a serial killer. Julia Roberts, Steel Magnolias. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? What? If Danielle Steele had made Clerks, because it's it's 
it's sort of it's sort of a workplace <laughs> it's sort of a workplace bitch off where you, okay. you sort of go off and see what everyone's doing, like yeah. the people complaining about their significant others and things going on in their lives. And you see that briefly, but they're all connected by people who work together mm-hmm. and bitching at work. Well, they all it's connected by people who uh, all go to the same beauty salon. Right. Only like two of them actually work there. Sure. But, like, but just, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's only two of them? Yeah. Oh, I guess but they, they chill out fucking coming to America style. Yeah. Just hang out. Sit yeah, around. Exactly. Talk. But I White mean, Southern Lady Barbershop. I've never. I mean, Sally Field is is fine, mm-hmm. but this is like her portrayal of grief is mm. probably the best I've ever seen. I think like her rage mm. at the end is so it's so good and it's so real. How, how awesome Sally Field is. Yeah, um, the, yeah. I never really got her until I saw this as an adult too and mm-hmm. was able to like process once I've had some grief of my own was able to process uh, what she was really portraying there it's it's very real mm-hmm. it's very real and and she I really love too the pivotal scene at the end where she is expressing all this rage and grief she's with the other women she's not with her husband mm-hmm. she's not with her you know family People that you think are supposed to hold you, you know, are supposed to take care of you during these times. It's with these women who are really the ones that are holding her down mm. during this time. I don't know. I just I think it's such a great portrayal of um, how the bonds between women are much more deeper than I think people give them credit for. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. Well, it's like your friends being the, the family you choose. Like right. this is all about family, even though a lot of them aren't related. Mm hmm. But they are family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're all sassy and southern. Mm-hmm. This, I always I used to get it confused with fried green tomatoes, but this is the this is the better mm. one, I think. Uh, just because there's more more stuff happening. Yeah, and, I think so. And yeah, I think it's I you know again that's also sort of treated like a chick flick. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want guys to dismiss this because like I said, it's it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. No, it is, oh, it yeah. is funny, and, and they're problems that everybody and has. It, not everybody's yeah. problem is like trying to find a boyfriend. That's right. not the issue. And... No, it's it's not that at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the dialogue's fun. All the performances are great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then it gives you the feels. It's kind of like a, like another Shirley MacLaine movie, Terms of Endearment, mm-hmm. where it's oh, like, love it. yeah, it it turns sad, but you know, it's it's about the whole human experience. It's the funny and the sad, and it's really fun and watchable. Mm-hmm. And the hair is. <laughs> the hair is dude, so good. Dude, if you threw a match on that set, Ooh, just girl. how high would that go up? Yeah. It would be insane. That, the Ooh. hair is really good. Even the man, men hair. Pretty True. good. Yeah. Dylan and McDermott. <laughs> I oh, like yeah, Sam. Like how we just... about, it's the, it's the, the 80s. This. Tom Skerritt is hilarious in this. Yeah. Yep. Sam Shepard's uh, mustache is feathered. Is is south in the eighties? Sure. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ! I'm going to say that again, though. Tom Skerritt is hilarious Tom in this. Tom Skerritt is hilarious. He's really good. I've he's, not said that yet. He's really good at portraying um, the spouse who's just there to observe. Mm. You know, like these women, they have it under control. I'm not even going to try to get in on this. Oh, like a just, Steve, you'd actually want to fuck. Steve? <laughs> yeah, from Sex in the City. Oh, oh I'm just I'm so supportive and a wiener, but you could never imagine mounting oh, me I for any reason. A hundred thousand percent choose Tom Scarrett yes. over Steve yes. in yeah. at any stage of their lives. <laughs> Even rigor mortis. Yeah. Um. Wait, is Tom Scarrett? Has he left us? No. Oh, has no. Steve? No, I just I'm oh. just saying that's how strongly you feel. Oh, oh thank you. yes. 
Yeah. And it's just like, whatever. Yeah, she's got it handled over there. I don't need to concern myself. Yeah. She's fine. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Mama Nims is over there doing the thing. I can't wait to... Oh, I just want to jump into this movie so bad. I'm just going to play the fucking clip. Oh. Welcome to the future, where anything is possible. Cubs win World Series. And where one small mistake... What's wrong with bringing back a little info in the future? ...can change the course of history. Why well, can't be you? You're so big. Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film. Michael J. Fox. It's got to be the wrong year. Christopher Lloyd. Back to the Future Part 2. Rated PG. A brand new future is here. Oh, so happy. <laughs> just so happy. Mm. I, I always say Back to the Future is crystallized as this joyous thing that can be enjoyed by almost any generation. Mm-hmm. And its fan base hasn't toxified like everything else that we have from uh, the 80s and 90s. Shockingly, that is it, true. It's true. There are yeah. not shitty Back to the Future fans yet. But they also haven't done anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Back to the Future 2, though, I... I don't think I saw one in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw it once. And like, that's cool. What year was one? 85. Gotcha. And technically, that's the year this is set. Because oh. uh, mm-hmm. I love the idea. It's why I, I, it's why I think I like... I didn't give a fuck about Pirates of the Caribbean. And then I saw Pirates of the Caribbean 2. I'm like, oh, I love it. They're pretending this was always a trilogy. <laughs> I've never seen that <laughs> done before. Uh, and then I realized, oh, it was Back to the Future that did that. It set up, it set up the trilogy at the end of the first movie, not knowing they'd ever get to make another one, mm-hmm. and sort of pigeonholed themselves in this reason to go in the future, which turns out in this movie is sort of no reason. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it it doesn't hold up to scrutiny. It's your kids, Marty. Like, well, can I save my kids from now? I don't have to go in the fucking the future to protect my yeah. children. Just tell yeah, me. Yeah, I don't think I'm I'm feeling very secure in saying that they were not planning on making more Back to the Futures. Me I mean, too. that's just a great open ending of just and then they have more adventures and you imagine mm-hmm. whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. But I and have I have never this one where it's like, okay, we're actually paying that off and then some. And then some. And then and like I love I was just watching for some reason the reshoots because they had to replace mm-hmm. uh Jennifer with mm-hmm. Elizabeth Shue. So they right. reshot the ending again for the opening of the second one. And it is almost shot for shot from the music. It's really fun to watch. It, wow. is, it is off <laughs> by like a split second. Huh. Uh, but it, it's, it is fantastic. Uh, I, I, I again maintain – and I never in the theater, ever – again, talking about Marvel movies, I had never seen a to be continued in my life mm-hmm. where they were like, mm-hmm. this movie ended. And I love that it, it's preserved on the, the DVD. I feel like – Modern movies might have taken that out. Like the the movie ends with a trailer for the third one, and that feels mm-hmm. so cool. Like be back in six months and watch the end of this film. I was it made me so happy. It's like I still tell I tell my aunt Jane every time I see her, you took me to see one of my favorite movies of all time. She's like, oh really? Which one? Like and she never remembers. Didn't didn't register in her brain at all. I'm there with my Pizza Hut glasses, uh, Casey says Misco glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing Shades in the Future or 3D. I believe it's his name. Uh, this movie's so rewarding and, uh, and and so beautiful. And again, the Marvel connection that I, I, I wish I cannot stop mm. talking about, having seen Endgame, which not to spoil yeah. Endgame if you haven't seen it, but shut up. Uh, it, 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 it closes out a chapter of Marvel by revisiting those moments from the movie. And I wish desperately Back to the Future switched three and two together. Mm. And that three mm. was the second one and the second one was... Uh, the th- where they revisited the timeline and went back to Back to the Future 1. It hadn't been enough time. We'd only had one Back to the Future movie. It didn't. Mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't a, a big enough classic to go back and like revisit 
again because I didn't I didn't get it yeah. when I saw it in theaters. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's a big problem is that you have to really remember Back to the Future one very well. Yeah to follow along to the part of Back to the Future 2 where they go back to Back to the Future 1. Then it's super enjoyable. But yeah, if you'd started on 2, I don't... No, it it, def- it wouldn't have that same feels. You know, same with, yeah, if you watched Marvel Endgame with God help you if you did, uh, <laughs> to, to have them go back to the previous movies, mm-hmm. basically, as part of this heist idea. It's like the whole time I'm sitting there and Marvel going, they're doing Back to the Future 2? Mm-hmm. After, I- like... 30 movies or whatever and this they're they're going with this okay i thought it was wonderful and it made complete sense and some of some it of did. some of this does too but i don't think about the back to the future timeline too much yeah it's best not to drill down on most time travel movies. yeah but, but yeah the, well anytime there's time travel, i like that at least endgame did point out anytime there's time travel you've now split timelines and so you're just in the timeline you are and some other timeline other shit is happening yeah. mm-hmm. you have you have protected it's nothing all happening simultaneously and anytime you move you've just created a new timeline so and that's, and this one they start with going to the future that is then... that is why i love this movie because like my favorite time travel movie up to this point is slide of the navigator mm-hmm. and that's just removing yeah. one object from the past and then going to the future to see what life is like without him and this mm-hmm. one is just like alternate shit all throughout the fucking wazoo it's hilarious <laughs> it's uh, a it does really rely on it i can't believe when i watch it i can't believe how much it's been 40 years since back to the future one it treats back mm-hmm. to the future one like fucking biblical canon like you you absolutely <laughs> yeah. know every step of this movie because and you yeah. don't have to but if you mm-hmm. do it's really rewarding it's mm-hmm. and, and that's why i think endgame worked out because people pour over those marvel movies mm-hmm. in a way that i'm not sure people did with back to the future it just ran on hbo a bunch right um, no, they just watched it a lot i yeah. mean i remember i watched it a ton and mm-hmm. it was like at sleepovers we'd watch it and it was just a movie that everybody really had a lot of fun with because it's so much fun and then yeah this one we start with going to the past or no we start with going to the future For um where it's like 15 a good minutes <laughs> It's 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 just so brief to me, like how 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 little they spend in the future. How Back to the Future spends about twenty minutes in the future in three movies, and I, the yeah. future was the thing I that, wanted to see the most. Right. Yeah, but we see a couple different futures. We see like a good future where there's Jaws so nineteen good. and the Cubs finally win the World Series, <laughs> and Princess Diana's alive by the way and is queen now. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. That is cool. And by the way, that I think in twenty fifteen isn't that when the Cubs won the World Series? Like mm-hmm. it was. Again. I think they were off by one year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was so close to to all lining up, and they but, beat Florida. And yeah. at the time, there is no Florida Marlins or uh, right. uh, Tampa Bay Tampa Le- Bay Rays. Rays. There is no Florida team at all. So that's mm-hmm. that big. It's a joke kids won't get now. Sure. There's a Florida Major League Baseball team. But as a kid yeah. who grew up in Florida, I thought it was fucking awesome. <laughs> There's Roger. Ra- I can't, I gotta sh- go ahead, Diane. I'm sorry. I can't stop yeah. gushing. Well, I was about to trigger you with two words. Mm. In the future, mm. we have hoverboards. We have hoverboards. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, growing up, and they lied to us. They didn't. Li- <laughs> they didn't lie to us. And I can't. I, I meant to. I've always tried to find that interview to pinpoint where that happened. But that's how fast. That's. It's like why there's PR people because Robert Zemeckis got really sick of talking about the technology behind the hoverboard, which is dirt simple. If you ever, if mm. the DVD has these amazing special features, it's just people on wires, mm-hmm. and it looks yeah. astonishing. It looks great. Uh, it looks great even when they're not on set. It, it, the, the test footage is so cool. And like, how did you do that? It's 1989. We're a, a more naive culture. And, sure. and, and, and Robert Zemeckis somewhere along the line said, 
We didn't. That's real. But like, they're really hoverboards. And oh, so, no. growing up, we were always like, you know, they're real. The government won't let us have hoverboards because they're too dangerous. Which if that's plausible, because I mean, why would you like, <laughs> look what happened to lawn darts? Uh, look what happened to anybody who's ever skateboarded. Mm-hmm. Like it's. <laughs> And this is even more dangerous. And how high do they go? And how do you stop? And they, they and even how make do you it clear. regulate it? What's the FAA? Do they work on role? water? They must work on water. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. and, and but it did create those rumors in an internet-free world that that hoverboards were out there and we were being denied them. And we didn't wow. stop talking about that for about a decade. Yeah, it's wow. fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. It was it was it's crazy to think growing up like that. But that that's that's how it, how it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, then, yeah, then uh, Back to the Future 2 does something that I think about all the time, which is, yeah, if I time traveled, what kind of thing would I do? And it's like, actually, it'd be pretty easy to make money if you could go to the future and then come back to the present or the past. Mm-hmm. And it, it's still... All you got to do is know how to gamble. It's still it's still sports. one of those things that, like, um, it's the it's the most safe thing to do. You could say, well, I'll play the mm-hmm. stock market and we'll... Shit changes with the stock market really like yeah. fast that you can't control. Whereas sports, this team wins or it doesn't. <laughs> like there's no fluctuation. Mm-hmm. So I was reading a thing about like yeah, it's kind of the safest thing to put your money on. Yeah, and unless you want to like go back in time and like I don't know, <laughs> write a Lady Gaga song and like try and perform it and make all that money. But oh. like, uh, but yeah. yeah, sports betting. It's and, and that's why this movie has three wonderful timelines. In, in the future, mm-hmm. which is Hill Valley dressed up to the fucking nines and so great. And it's just Universal Studios again, and I love it. And then uh, and then we get the sports almanac where mm-hmm. Marty McFly's like, I'll mm-hmm. go back in time and make a little money on uh, all these games that, that I now know are won and by whom. And then Biff's – Biff – Biff – no, Biff Prime finds it. Right. <laughs> Griff is another version of him. Elijah Wood's debut. I can't stop babbling. Ooh. I love this movie so much. Well, I believe the isn't the sports almanac part of the Universal ride that was there. I think that story yeah. is part of that. Yes, it is. That is what I'm most familiar with. And that if you own the if you own the DVD, yeah, that's on. Like to that me, the ride is three minutes of yeah. like a VR show, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But the best part is Christopher Lloyd and Tom Wilson reprising their roles. And, mm-hmm. Ah, Biff has come back again. You need to get in the DeLorean and go back and get them in. And like that's thirty minutes of that is on all the ride queue stuff is on the DVD cool. in glorious standard <laughs> definition. It's wonderful. I love it. Uh, definitely yeah. get that DVD. But then, yeah, so uh, Biff gets his hands on it, and he makes a bunch of money, and he creates another future uh, where. He's modeled after the current occupant of the White House. <laughs> oh my! It, that that feels right. I can't believe I never read it like that. But and, and maybe, I don't know how serious because I don't know. Robert Zemeckis doesn't talk about Back to the Future as much as Bob Gale does. Bob Gale is the mm-hmm. co-writer and creator of a. Uh, of, it's kind of what he lives his life on, mm-hmm. appearing at conventions talking about Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. And so, he, but he's very specific. Like, no, we modeled him on Donald Trump, and it's totally plausible because at this point in history, he was just a braggart billionaire mm-hmm. made who yeah. made his money off of gambling mm-hmm. and like so the future and garish as fuck the future back to the future 2 shows us never let this go is what it would look like if trump had real power <laughs> it's so fucking crazy and the goal of that movie is to undo it <laughs> yeah and just tying tying it to avengers again i love that chris evans on twitter always calls trump biff that wow. makes me so happy i'm like oh Chris Evans, you're wonderful. Don't he ever do it. anything bad. <laughs> Just, oh, because we laugh at Biff in this movie like, 
God, look at this garish dickhead holding money and cigars, putting his name and face and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, crap. 30% Ugh. of the country voted for Biff? Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. And then, yeah. And then, so, yeah, I mean, it's multiple parts. Of the show. I guess it's kind of in three parts then, because mm-hmm. then after that, they go back to 1955 and back to the first Back to the Future to try to undo all of this stuff, which is like, yeah, if you don't know Back to the Future one pretty well, like they do a pretty good job explaining the time travel ideas through Mm -hmm. this. I mean, they even literally have to draw them out at one point to make sure you get it. But if you don't remember Back to the Future one and what's going on, you're kind of not going to follow this part. It's strange. It's strange. Most of my memories of Back to the Future one came from how many times I saw Back to the Future two in theaters. And uh, it, it's weird. My young, young memories. I've, I pieced them all together now. I'm fine. Don't oh, worry about me. God. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about me. And, uh, and it, but I love whoever pointed out they. There's so much expository dialogue here because almost every interaction Doc and Marty have are screaming how time travel works. <laughs> like that's the almost. That's almost all they talk about ever. They how are you, Marty? <laughs> I'm fine. Doc. Like it's never that they never talk about what they're doing. Nice tie. It's they're always screaming about the rules of time travel. So like I think the Matrix could take a little bit from that because whereas Morpheus is walking around a chair, like these two are just grabbing each other by the shoulders <laughs> all the time. You gotta create a paradox, buddy. Like, <laughs> Maybe a middle way is best. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic, and I find this movie so thrilling and bombastic in such a roller coaster ride. I really do wish they left it as the third because when you get into mm. the third film it is a subdued it's it to me it feels like it's the proper Western. back to the future too hmm. yeah but it's like yeah. it's a it's a trip to the past with a way to get back to the present and that's the perfect sequel to two but i think as the story went uh universal allowed this to happen which at this point was semi-unprecedented like it hadn't really been done since superman um mm-hmm. the idea of two two films being shot back to back and yeah. uh and and they Universal agreed. They they wanted to do a Western. Universal's like, you're not doing a Western. And he's like, somebody said, you, you can do the Western, but you have to do what we want first. And that was going to the future. Okay. Because that's what Universal mm-hmm. wanted, mm-hmm. To, to see the future. And, and like, the, yeah. the depiction... Well, that's what they teased. I yeah. mean, if they said, oh, it's your kids, something has to be done about your kids. Mm-hmm. In 1885, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, come on. Yeah. yeah, I know. And because of that, the, the way the first one ends, I'm bummed that they couldn't go three than two because that would have been so much yeah. more rewarding. They could, even, it could have visited the old West again and seen uh, mm-hmm. Mary. We'll talk about that. I guess the, uh, later on, like mm-hmm. next year, um, yep. but Mary Steenbridge, I love back to future three. It's really good and gets shit on because I think of the highs that two reaches. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I look, I know back to future one is probably the best movie. Yeah. yeah but it definitely this, is. this is the one I saw in theaters when I was capable of really loving something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is so. Well, this, this is my favorite. Like, like you said, there's a good point that both one and three they time travel once, mm-hmm. and then they come back, and that's pretty much the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And so shenanigans where they time travel. And this one, they're bouncing around all over the place, and so that makes it, yeah, more fun. There's more, more time traveling. Yeah, and it's so it's, yeah, it, I can it, see why a lot of people would like this one more, just because there's so much craziness going on. And it's it. There's so many different characters. It's insane. It, it's. I wish it was the kind of thing they rewarded people for. At the end, mm-hmm. um, because even I get confused. Like, was Flea in all the movies? No, <laughs> a lot of people weren't in all the movies, including Crispin Glover, which is a fucking yeah. wonderful story that basically gave us more rights to actors' likenesses. Uh, and I don't know. I, I like Crispin Glover's defense of this. 
Do you know? Sarah, are you nodding? No. It's okay. It's okay. It's uh, Crispin Glover's in the first one. He plays right. Marty McFly's I'm dad. Familiar. And he he disputes that he wouldn't join in in the second one uh-huh. um, because of money. He just like, no, I didn't like the ending. Like the ending was that like Marty is rewarded with material wealth. <laughs> like there's a truck parked diagonally in the fucking garage. Which like, how do you get that thing out of there? <laughs> yeah, I can sure. never stop looking at that. But he wouldn't do the movie. But in Back to the Future Two, they revisit the first movie, so he's in. Crispin Glover, right. without having shot a frame of Back to the Future 2, is in Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. And then in the the present segments, they hire an actor who sort of looks like Crispin Glover and put makeup on him to look like Crispin Glover's George McFly character oh. from the previous film. And he sued the shit out of them. Okay. And he won. Because, like, you can't dress up an actor yeah. to ha- ha- look, look you have. He's like, I still go to conventions every day and everyone tells me. I love you in Back to the Future too, and he's like, I could go off on this more, but like, what if I don't like that movie? Yeah, I didn't do that movie. I said no, and like, but you made it appear as if I'm in this movie. Sure. And he and and he won, and like, I love that he's specific. Like, it's Bob Gale. I have a problem with. He's worked with Zemeckis again mm-hmm. in Beowulf. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So it's it's Bob Gale who talks. To, there there is this little feud between Bob Gale and Crispin Glover. Wow. Uh, it's I, I don't know. I can't say enough great things about this film. Seriously, and all the. The Twin Pines and the Lone Pines, all that, all that mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderfully mapped out time travel stuff. Uh, Sarah's nodding her head. They start out going to the Twin Pines Mall. Uh-huh. They go back in time. Marty knocks over the uh, the tree, ah. and then when they get back to the present, it's the one, it's the the Lone Pine Mall. That's fun. It's and there's tons of shit like that to enjoy in this. Movie. I think that's yeah. the first movie actually. That's Diana, in the first I'll, movie. Yeah, and also, uh, I mean, it's, we we haven't even mentioned that going to the future is 2015. Yep. Because that's 30 years from 1985. I, I was confused why this was an anniversary because they really went all out on the 2015 anniversary, which is not yeah. in any way a, a, what would you call it, momentous year right. uh, for, mm-hmm. for the release. It's just where, where they go in the film. I think that's actually even cooler. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was so... It was so sweet that on on the day that it was supposed to be, you know, in 2015, November, whatever, when they go forward, uh, they, Christopher Lloyd made a nice video where, you know, he's got the DeLorean, yep. he's in his costume again, and he's basically saying, you know, yeah, okay, 2015 isn't what you expected, but, you know, the future is up to you. Make yeah. make the most. The make, future is make what you make what, it, Marty. It, <laughs> it was it was really sweet. It was actually like really heartwarming. Yeah, and and I loved even Michael J. Fox. I have said that I don't know maybe derogatorily on the show that like anybody remember any other Michael J. Fox movies? Doc Hollywood. Sure, it mm. had nudity in it. It was PG. I remember that part. Mm. But like this, this defines Michael J. Fox, sure. and he yeah. makes very limited oh, appearance. Yeah. And I think yeah. on uh, it was Jimmy Kimmel. Like on the day it happened, him and Christopher Lloyd rode out in a DeLorean dressed like themselves, and Aww. it was so nice to Good. see. I'm was, glad they're not too cool for it. Yeah, like Christopher, I mean, well, Christopher yeah. Lloyd still like nobody would I think, think Christopher we, Lloyd's too cool for we it. Had, well, he's just. I get scared because he's very old, and he yes. had to cancel yeah. his appearance. One of his appearances, and that was because of rain. That wasn't because of his age. But like, well, uh, if you're canceling because of rain, it is because of your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the flights. It was flights, not him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dave and I were disappointed in that. Dave and I are. Oh, I love Back to the Future so much. It is not tainted by anything other than incest. Uh, sure, that's all. <laughs> which is well, it's all the rage if you go to the well, internet nowadays. Uh, anyway, uh, but, but Back to the Future it's Two. It's pretend incest. It's okay. I I, 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 the only thing I don't like about the series is that Back to the Future Two is this crazy high point in the series 
Whereas th- three is wonderful and I think deserves being celebrated. Mm-hmm. We will absolutely do that. But, uh, but like, I wish two had been the closeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mm-hmm. love it. And I never forget that darkness where it's like, no, Biff killed your dad. And he's gonna kill, <laughs> he's gonna kill you, and he's just like your suicide will be nice and neat. <laughs> yeah, well, I just love that if is smart enough to warn his future or warn his past self that in the future someone is going to come try to stop him. Yes. Yeah, he's like, yeah, some kid comes and starts yelling about time travel, and there's an old man there. You should kill him. You should. I kill didn't him. think it'd be you, Marty. <laughs> it's it's, it's like, so great because no, like, Biff there's... was actually smart. He did a good thing. Well, not a good thing, but. He actually figured out a way to deal with this stuff. And, and last thing I'll say about it as a kid, I felt like Back to the Future was much bigger than it actually was because of how big Back to the Future 2 is. Because they mm. go to so many different mm-hmm. places and establish so many timelines. Whenever I try and remember something, it, it is essentially three movies. Yeah. And it, anyway. <sighs> Done. I think it says a yeah. lot about the weird little child adult that I was that mm-hmm. I've seen Steel Magnolia's a million times and I've seen the first Back to the Future once. What was <laughs> so, that? Wow. It was yeah. a little bit. I've never seen anybody write about this ever. Uh-huh. And they are absolutely classic movies, but we weren't exactly a wealthy family. Mm-hmm. And three times in history, McDonald's had a promotion where you could buy a VHS for like three ninety nine, where normally they would be unobtainable or $20. Sure. And they were like Indiana Jones and Back to the Future. That's how I got Back to the Future was like in a drive through at McDonald's. I, I, cool. I, think, I think that may have – seriously, but people who didn't have HBO like me, that's how I was introduced to watching this over and over again. And the Indiana Jones movies outside of like pay cable mm-hmm. was McDonald's. What a strange promotion. It was. And they, they did it a couple times in uh, – I know the Indiana Jones was like solely Indiana Jones. Back to the Future was like three other movies yeah. that you could buy mm. for three ninety nine with the purchase of an extra value meal, huh. and uh, and that was that was an insane price in nineteen ninety one or whatever. Right. Like it was awesome. Anyway, anyway, Back to the Future two. It's one of the best things ever. Best Alan Silvestri. I own this Alan Silvestri score on vinyl. Oh. Uh, I listen to it way too frequently. I love it. I love Back to the Future two, and it comes little over a year after Robert Zemeckis had made the best movie of all time. Moving into television of 1989, Back to the Future 2 is so good. <laughs> but uh, November 22nd through the 28th, uh, we have an episode of Cheers. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. we have two episodes of television programs that have big guest stars mm-hmm. that are not big, basically yes. unknown at this point. <laughs> and it's very cool to see their little baby selves. So the first one <laughs> is Cheers, mm-hmm. Two Girls for Every Boy, and it's guest starring... <laughs> well, I bet you could probably guess who it is based on the voice. It's very... Ooh, okay. It's a very... She's got... It's a lady. I want to see has, how well-formed she is at yeah, this point. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and play the clip. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm centered. I'm, I'm breathing from my diaphragm. I found my focal point. I'm not chewing gum. Why don't we try improvising a little? We'll get on our ladders, and we'll just say whatever we think our characters are thinking. And remember, George and Emily are two innocent kids playing around with love. They're consumed by the fire of their passion. Don't you think? Okay, I'll start. It's a beautiful moon, isn't it, Woody? I mean, George? It sure is, Emily. I mean, Emily. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I'm more fascinated by the hair in this clip. Right? Woody so, Harrelson, the full head of hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lisa Kudrow in... Brunette? Dyed black, almost. <laughs> yeah. like, ap- like, goth black, actually. But, yeah. She's a little baby Lisa Kud- Kudrow. So but cool. 
basically fully formed. Yes. You know, like it is, it's, she looks exactly how she's going to look in a couple of years when Friends starts and, and Mad About You, mm-hmm. which she was also on. Um, right. And it's also when I was looking at this clip too, because she's playing his acting coach. They're in a mm-hmm. play together. And mm-hmm. listening to the two of them act against each other, these are two of our like more recognizable <laughs> voices, I feel like, in television. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Woody is, is basically... Um, Undeniable. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would never have pegged him as the guy on Cheers. You'd see like almost every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and he, they both basically sound the same now. <laughs> too. Yeah. Like this could be a scene from today, basically. And um, but the other guest starring role that we have is Cruise Ship from Baywatch, starring Brian Cranston. Oh boy! <laughs> and I didn't pull the clip from this one because it's not especially notable. But he mm. plays a. Boat guy who makes some trouble <laughs> offshore. A boat guy? Yeah, he's really oh, no. into his boat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he is in some very tiny white shorts. <laughs> but it is uh, funny to see. Ages. I mean, Brian Cranston is wonderful, of course. And mm-hmm. the range on this man, he's played a dentist, yes. a meth dealer. <laughs> Yes. A uh, dad. A dad obsessed with his wife ass. Yes. Wife's ass. I almost had that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so here. But yeah, he's one dude. of those guys. Like, it's so fun when there are people like him. There's like, they've been just lifers, just low key guest star lifers, yep. just reliable. Mm-hmm. Not even quite, hey, it's that guy for TV. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you just chug along long enough and you have the talent, you get lucky. And then you have a big break and then you go back and they pop up. All over the place. Like this is how he made his living for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I, I actually as boat guy just yeah. went back and watched El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, which is mm. fuck. I cannot so believe good. it's one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of the year. And I'd realized the whole cast of Breaking Bad is that mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. bunch That's of true. people who've worked forever that they that back, Breaking Bad made stars out of. Yeah, that now we know all yep. their names. Right. And and. So great. Well, uh, it's also too funny to. It's cool to see Brian Cranston in these roles from before because you know in Malcolm in the Middle he plays a hapless kind of dude. In the beginning of Breaking so Bad, he's hapless yeah. in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and then he turns into like a never a sex symbol. But <laughs> in Cruise Ship, he's definitely playing the hot guy. Really? Yeah, and it's very dude. interesting to see because he is very good looking, and he also kind of plays the hot guy in Seinfeld when he's the dentist right. because I think yeah. Elaine it's gets with him or something. Yeah, so it's kind of cool to see him as like the cool, sexy guy when that is not my memories of him. <laughs> not how I think of him in any way. I've never heard anybody talk about Brian Cranston like this, which seems unfair. Well, well he did become famous like after he was 50, so I guess that happened. That does happen, yeah. Uh, but man, the premiere of one of the best... Speaking of not sexy... Most game-changing <laughs> television programs, I think, in history. It is the longest-running yeah. television program in the history of the ABC network. Yeah, it that makes might sense. be. I think th- whoever created it has made more money than this show. Cost. What's the show that costs the least? Right. That has been on the exactly. longest. That I find undeniably entertaining. I have a little clip from the very debut episode. Mm. Holy Lord, nineteen or nineteen eighty-nine on the twenty-sixth of November. So happy to be here, and so am I. Hello, everybody. I'm Bob Saget, and welcome to America's Funniest Home Videos, which is a pretty good title, considering what you'll be seeing tonight is America's Funniest Home Videos. Perfect writing. Like, just, Wonderful. Just so good. So good. Uh, yeah, I mean, the theme song is indelible. I was kind of hoping <laughs> we would play that a little bit, too, because it is wonderful. I think it's our clothes. No, but I, what, I, what I thought was really funny, looking for clips of the original episode, I forgot about, it's so creepy, Remember, every episode would start, and they'd show some videos, and there'd yeah. be the announcer. Uh-huh. Like, 
Paul Anderson's dad. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a fake family on the set of the studio that the camera right. pans from. So Wait. that you only see the back of their heads watching America's Funniest Home Videos. Are they picked from the audience? I don't know. I feel I don't like, think so. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe that's not true. But yeah, it, it was a huge show that I watched as a kid with my family. It's definitely like one of the few shows that we could all watch together because yeah. it's just yeah. hilarious. And I'm sorry, even when I see reruns of it now or it's on, is it still running? It's still running. Every right? time yeah. I go to my parents' still house, running. they have like the big digital cable package. Right. And it's like during the day, there's all this prestige shit playing and like, well, WGN is America's Funniest Home Videos right. Marathon. Basically. What season? It doesn't matter. Who cares? It's, it's yeah. so good. Look at the cell phones. That's it, how you'll be able to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> I don't even, there's not cell phones. You're like little Game Boys attached to the, the back of seats yeah, that's right. where they'd vote on the best video of the week. Oh so you could God. win $10,000. But like this show has been on the air. It's in its 30th season. Yeah. 31st. Uh, 31st. It's just since it is 31st season because it's been 30 freaking years. Was host Alfonso Ribeiro taking yes. over from uh, Tom Bergeron. Yes. Who took over for Bob Saget, which I love. Bob Saget is still like synonymous with the show. He hasn't been on the show in 25 years, <laughs> but he, he was like, but he was the writer and the voice of, oh, I'm... <laughs> did he do all the voices? He did. Oh, wow. He did. The South Park made a joke. They showed Kenny getting hit by a train. Oops, I hope I don't get hit by this train. Oops, I sure did. Uh. Boing. <laughs> like, that's, that sums up what most of Bob Saget did. Yeah. It's weird that I'm, I am not a huge fan of Bob Saget, the person, <laughs> um, but man, he was a fixture in my childhood between Full House and this. Yeah. I'll take a kick to the yep. nuts in America's Funniest Home Videos over one segment of Full House. Like, yeah. uh, oh, oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. But no, you're right in that this is super important. And this this is, I mean, besides this reality television, this is what I do on YouTube. Right. I think this if you've is ever... all I do on YouTube. I rarely watch anything that's, you know, important or interesting uh, because it'll just end up suggesting other things. The next thing you know, I'll be a neo-Nazi. So <laughs> I like funny animal videos mm-hmm. and you know, funny pet, you know, kid videos or Russian dash cams. Yes. Or... <laughs> that's yeah. to, to me, it, just, it like describes that. that, that mobile Facebook autoplay. Yeah. That's just what America's funniest home video. If you've ever been Pretty sucked much. into that, uh, if you hit the, I just, every once in a while you hit the right algorithm, like, Oh mm-hmm. sweet. It's only fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh look, it's a capybara that likes to sit in a hot tub. And now it's funny Chihuahua videos. And, <laughs> And it's like, oh, this heartwarming story of the hippo that was best friends with a tortoise. <laughs> it's like, yeah, once the algorithm like gets me in the, it goes down the happy trail, then I'm good. It's, then it's... I just see adorable animal videos and a crazy dash cam. Well, it's funny Those are my how favorites. we started with America's Funniest Home Videos, and now each type of video that you would see on this has now been stratified into its own mm. show. Mm-hmm. Like all mm. the ugh, epic fails hate that term yep. but all that is like on that mtv right. show ridiculousness it w- right? It, right it would no it would have been like and now animal planet has tons of shows i think devoted to like funny animal videos no, it, for people it, who yep. don't have the it internet would have been america's funniest home videos montage segment with like yeah. the jake isles band it's, like, exactly we call this segment i can has cheeseburger mm-hmm. wow. please enjoy <laughs> yeah and- <laughs> yeah and now they're all separate things now huh. it's fun i want them to all come back together I, I think it's. Cr- I want a little animal video. I want of someone getting hit in the nuts. <laughs> I want it all. <laughs> I think it's a little crazy that it's it's still on because I think some of us predicted like who would send in a video 
to the show when you could put it on mm-hmm. online for free. Can you imagine? And it's still happening. What you those can do people both. saw. Well, if you've <laughs> the people who received the videotapes, oh, they've talked about and it. We're oh, in God. charge they've of watching them. They've talked about it. Yes, they're, that's, what that's a not job. a great job. No, um, I can imagine. Yeah. The amount of times you've had to call the police. <laughs> you yeah. sent us the wrong video? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to no? make a joke out of yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, just sending a VHS through the mail where it might get shattered anyway. Mm-hmm. And then do you have to leave a note and being like, oh, the funny part is uh, two hours and 16 minutes in. That's <laughs> oh, the part wow. where my baby fell down. There's no editing yes. on an old camcorder. Right. Exactly. Yep. Holy shit. Because they, they don't say that. They don't say to timestamp it. Huh. Right. Yeah, I, now you can do it online or you can send them a flash drive, apparently. I still remember being so angry one year when they had the like, because they would, the part that I don't remember really and I don't get is the voting part and yeah. then the winning part. Like yeah. that was yeah. never very important to me. But then part. like once or twice a year, they would do like the tournament of champions right. or whatever, <laughs> where it'd be like winners would come and then they would all vote. $100,000. Yeah. And I would remember being so angry because the winning video was this little girl who fell down and she was like crying and she's maybe like four or five. She's crying. And the dad who's like holding the camcorder is like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And she's like, I hurt my butt. And he's like, it's okay. And then she just looks at him and smiles and this gross smile and says, do you want to kiss, kiss it? my butt? Yeah. Do you want to kiss my butt? <laughs> yes. And that made me so angry. I remember I was that like, winning. <laughs> I just feel like that is not... Her face was funny. Do you want to kiss my butt? She knew it was gross. Exactly. Too precocious. (laughs) I much preferred the orange cat who looked just like my cat growing Mm -hmm. up, Spencer. Rest in peace, Spencer. uh, Walking along the yard and a bird dive bombing the cat and flipping it in the air and the cat (laughs) running away. That That's, should have been the winner, if you ask me. I, and I'm sorry I'm working it out now no, I, I, on like, the podcast, but it's been I bothering totally me for you. years. Because A, when they get to that part, it's like you have one or two segments that's just showing you three videos. Yeah. It sucks. It slows everything yeah. down. And sure. two, it's always the wrong winner. Every time. Every it's like time. I would never yeah. have picked that one. Well, and you know what? That is why we are yelling on a podcast yes. and we're not watching Two and a Half Men right now. I do, <laughs> I do have a conversation starter. If you ever use these as conversation starters, hey, baby, you know, put your arm up against the wall. Don't let her leave. You sure. know, America's Funny Some Videos is 30. <laughs> but beyond that, um, did anybody ever try and manufacture? Uh, oh, I'm sure. I did. And no. I, uh, I wasn't clear with my dad what we were doing, and he was oh. such an asshole about it. <laughs> no, I'm going to fall off the boogie board and do like, no, do it again. It's like, I'm wasting tape. This is These are expensive. Um, and <laughs> So I never got on the show, but I had I had one week where like I was I really was trying to manufacture things to get on America's Funny mm-hmm. Some Videos at the Beach, mm-hmm. uh, but never had. I never liked the ones that you could tell were manufactured, except for every now and then. My favorite would be you'd get a Rube Goldberg yes. setup, mm-hmm. where some some ingenious family set up some Rube Goldberg mm-hmm. machine in their house, and man, that was always my absolute favorite. Like, but not the things where they like paint a mouth over their belly no, button. No, I hate and, that. Yeah, that's, that's nah. No, thank you. So, but the sheer brilliance of the show mm-hmm. is that it, ha- it everything happens so... F- it's like the perfect internet show or like yeah. shows you how the internet works. When you watch it today, and I don't really, unless mm-hmm. I'm at my parents... Mm-hmm. They show shit from like 30 years ago. You'll even see like, because all those old videotapes had stupid timestamps. Right. And like 92 and like well, 87. You'll, you'll, they, they play all those things get recycled into the show every, every single year. Well, I think part of that too is because any 
current funny video mm-hmm. is already being passed around it's Facebook true. and Twitter. So they're I'm not, not sure for that be... audience though. People watching maybe ABC. Not. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. Hour. People uh, in doctors' waiting rooms. Yeah, people who are like, oh, Alfonso Ribeiro's hosting. <laughs> I, I know I can watch this show. Yeah. And, <laughs> anyway, AFV, maybe he'll do his dance. As they call, <laughs> I'm sure he's done it. <laughs> uh, AFV, as they call it now, don't care for that. I don't care. Uh, but nah. but it, it had a ton of spinoffs. I, I looked up the guy's name. He like also created MacGyver and like this. Oh. This is it's sort of like. If you're if you're mapping reality TV, this is yeah. a giant milestone in like from like the fifties to here. Wasn't there yeah. a spinoff that America's Funniest People with Dave Coulier and Daisy Fuentes? Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say uh Fugel saying and uh Daisy Fuentes, but mm-hmm. maybe Dave Coulier. Coulier. Mm-hmm. The yeah, I think Fugel saying and Daisy Fuentes hosted this one briefly. I think so too. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is possible, yeah. but yes, that well, wow, that's a I long, reached way into a long the thirty twenty ten eighty nine segment. But there's so that. much more to talk about. But let's let's close out of the eighty nine segment with a little bit of music. Not a lot of games to talk about because there are new releases from Primus. Suck on this, something for the whole family. Uh, the fam- families love Primus. <laughs> How did someone someone describe Primus to me, and it was brilliant. It's like no, it's bad music played really well. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. that makes so much fucking sense. That's, yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Labors of Love by UB40. Uh, bad music, play bad. And uh, <laughs> Presto by Rush. Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic. Uh, Back on the Block by Quincy Jones. A uh, giant R&B project with a few dozen legendary musicians, including the last work of uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughn, plus Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, Barry White, Dion Warwick, Al Jarreau, Al B. Sure, Tevin Campbell, Luther Vandross, and Ray Charles. Wow, wow, wow. God damn. Yeah. Um, this is actually a pretty big album that like no one talks about anymore. It like won a ton of Grammys because it's very audacious. And also Quincy Jones is awesome. Yes, and he uh he let us all know that Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando fucked, and I can never thank him enough for that. That uh, makes me yep. very happy. Yeah. He's done so much for us. Besides being sure. a great composer and a great producer, he gave us Rashida Jones. Hello. True. And he's the guy who just does not give a fuck about spilling the tea True. anymore. I'll Love tell you it. who killed JFK. Why should he care? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hard pivot into Millie Vanilli, which is number one this week with Blame It on Sadly. the Rain. Uh, yeah. Oh, Millie. Oh, Vanilli. Blame mm. It on the Rain. These the, truly were hit their glory days. The uh, the inferior hit, but uh, no less of an earworm. So we'll close out with that, and we'll be right back with more 302010 in Find the logic, uh, defy the logic of all of your sex laws. Uh, I love this song. This song is so yeah. good. This album is really good. It is. Uh, Midnight yeah. Vultures from Beck. We're coming in with sex laws because it's 1999. Welcome, everyone. Yeah. November 22nd to the 28th, 302010. Uh, we're talking about 1999, of course. Also, in addition to Beck's Midnight Vultures, we have uh, new releases from Culture Club, their first new album in 13 years. Wow, wow, wow. Don't mind if I do. I'm sure that's how Boy George pronounces it. Sure. <laughs> Uh, 
but that's what it's called. Don't mind if I do. That's right. He's a sassy little kid in an 80s sitcom. Uh, Amplify, the debut of Q-Tip. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Uh, Blue by Third Eye Blind, I believe the last song I've called into a radio station to request a song from. Oh. Was, yeah, wow. We were all very into Third Eye Blind uh, at this period. Enrique Iglesias' English debut. Enrique. Um, Nos- Nostradamus by Nas and Garth Brooks and the Magic of Christmas. Ooh. Oh, goodness. Mm. Smooth by Santana. Smooth yeah. is just like the ocean under the moon. It's number one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> As it's better yeah. than two. It's got the kind of loving that shows lots of longevity. I'm just going to go into the other stuff. 1999, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't grab a clip from this because it was too depressing. But um, this is one of the first time Donald Trump appears on the show Hardball to talk about his presidential aspirations. Uh-oh. Running oh, for the Reform right. Party in a, in a long town hall. Uh, mm. And it's, I'll only say it's, but, it's fascinating. But, but Chris, he said that he won the first time that he ran. And those other times that he ran that you remember are wrong. <laughs> well, I think those it. gaslights are sort of dimming right now, and that's throwing you off. No, 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 it's fine, everyone. Well, uh, watching some of these clips, like uh, anybody making the defense that he's playing nine-dimensional chess, is hysterical because, like, there is a clear deterioration from this person in 1999 to what we see today uh, in, in their mental capacity and their speech patterns. Mm. And, so I don't know if he's gaslighting anyone or he just doesn't fucking know what he's talking about. If he's mm. lost, um, mm. he, t- he tells the whole nation every time he says a word that everyone uses, I came up with that. Mm. Mm. I see. <laughs> I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, anyway, movies of 1999. Um, man, I remember what this. What a pack of weirdos. Right? This is also very strange. A lot. There's a lot to unpack here. There really yeah. is. I only had time to watch one of these, and I'm pissed. I really wanted to watch all four of them. Mm. Yeah, I, well, I One s- of them I've seen already. No, two I, of them I've seen. I never saw the first one. Okay. Okay. But, uh, uh, I, but I did, so I'm ready to talk. Yeah, I yeah. remember being like notable for being Oscar bait and also the cinematic debut of Jewel. And yep. <laughs> Jonathan Reese Myers, Jim Caviezel, Jeffrey Wright, Skeet Ulrich, Toby Maguire, and fucking Jewel and Ride with the Devil. An immigrant son. I was raised here. These are my people. A young aristocrat. This fight's got to be made in our own country. A woman alone. Jake. You stay put, there's going to be a fight. A freed slave. He's a damn fine scout. The Yankees want to kill him real bad. Outsiders waging a war of their own. From Ang Lee, the director of Sense and Sensibility, and the Ice Storm. What kind of liberty is it that takes away the liberty of others? <laughs> I think I hate Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> Real undecided on him. He looks so stupid and misplaced in this movie. In almost every movie. In almost every movie. Well, except the one where he's playing kids. Yeah. This one, like, dude, this is your adult lead? Yeah. Hey, Liberty. (laughs) (laughs) Never. No, I would never watch this movie. Mm -mm. So I watched it because there's a Criterion edition of it. What? No, there isn't. This did not there get is. good reviews. They consider this one of the most important, enduring cinema classics. What? Well, I think part of it's because it's made yeah. by Ang Lee, who honestly is one of my favorite filmmakers. Oh, uh, the director of Hulk. Does. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yes, he is the director of Hulk. Because, but he's he has the weirdest career. But he's such a visual stylist that's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he does Hulk and a storm. And Sense and Sensibility and Crouching Tiger. And that Woodstock and Bro- movie. And Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. 
and Brokeback Mountain, like a legit classic. And yeah, taking Woodstock. And I haven't watched uh, Gemini Man because nobody did. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even sure that was him. Oh, my God. That was one of the, yeah. I wanted to see it yeah, until the he fifth has the time I saw the trailer. Weirdest career, but he is a gorgeous visual stylist. So every one of his movies looks very pretty, no matter what. Uh, and this is no exception. But uh, I did not care for this movie for like eighteen different reasons. So it's about Tobey Maguire and Skeet Ulrich. They end up joining uh, what would be called vigilantes or maybe terrorists mm-hmm. during uh, the Civil War. Where they're out in Missouri, which is, you know, a big battleground state. And, um, you know, the uh, mean union sympathizers like Brundensky at Ulrich's house. And so they become these, like, vigilantes, guerrilla war against uh, the the northern aggressors. And it just sort of meanders around like that. Like, they're, they're with Quantrell's raiders, and then they're not, and then they are, and they meet Jewel, and then they're not. And then they do have... Um, this actual attack in Kansas is pretty bad. It's like the sacking of Lawrence, Kansas that's depicted very realistically, but like these guys are Confederates. They're Southerners, but we're never really called. It's never really called into question. Like you guys are fighting for a really bad cause. And they've got Jeffrey Wright along with you. Who's kind of stuck with you. Cause he's got nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. Cause like he was owned by Skeet Ulrich, but they were like, raised together so he sympathizes with them when the bad guys come and burn down skeet ulrich's house instead of up and running or going with the yankees he goes with skeet ulrich because Mm. of personal connection and now he's stuck surrounded by racist fuckwits the whole time and it's like i understand a lot of the point is there are no good guys and there are no bad guys it's not about politics it's about defending your home and the people close to you but But that's false (laughs) But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah, like there is a really, I feel like there is a really good movie that could be made from this idea because there is a point where it does start to become like, oh shit, maybe we're the baddies. Mm. But Uh-oh. it's very, very, very understated that you could miss it. Mm. It's it's very rare that people actually have those revelations. <laughs> well, that's yeah. true. Ugh. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, pretty to watch, and everyone's very good in it. Jewel is actually quite good as an actress. She's her character is actually. I, I think she's a adorable. Lot of fun. Why didn't she do more? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she did some acting. She's on that Rob Lowe show, according to her roast, where she was awesome. <laughs> she true. was the best part. She really was. Uh, she, she was the best. As a the best thing you've ever been in is me. <laughs> as a feminist, I don't agree with the language in this roast, but as someone who hates Ann Coulter, I'm delighted. <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, it's very Oscar bait because, you know, it's a, a civil war and there's giant battles and stuff. Released in but... the fall and like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I would say skip. I think there's there's better movies. It's like... If you took Mel Gibson's The Patriot, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. took away all the ridiculous action. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. God. I hate that movie. Um, yeah. Speaking of movies people hated. Um, Here's the one I wish I had watched. Right. Because uh, this sounds like we're making it up. Yeah. Uh, I believe this is a per- <laughs> the man who made Batman and Robin taking a little oh, break yes. mm-hmm. and then coming back and making this, uh, I would say, a little bit more of a 
more the type of movie he would want to make. But I think Joel Schumacher, history should write him. He was a he was a great director for hire, mm-hmm. and he yeah. and now most people like me associate him with like yeah you killed Batman like no, they were going to yeah. kill Batman with or without Joel Schumacher. Mm-hmm. He was just following corporate orders. But uh, he's actually a fucking great director. And uh, uh, this is the thing. I wouldn't go great. I would. Go competent. I would. I would. Uh, because Well, there's too many movies of his that I like and can watch over and over again. Hey, the last mm. one of his we talked about was 8mm, I think. So. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Really? Really? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. Yeah. It's no falling down. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> or uh, uh, Lost Boys. Um, yeah, but, uh, those two were great. But this I thought was interesting because it was a movie called Flawless starring mm-hmm. almost only Robert De Niro and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And Diana, can you more elegantly describe what's, what the movie is about? Should I just play the trailer? Uh, well, the trailer plays it as much more of a comedy mm-hmm. than I think it is. Uh, this really makes it sound wackety schmackety. If you're ready for it, go for it. Trailer mm-hmm. to Flawless. The tough guy in 3E. Shut the window or shut up. You shut your window. The queen in 4B. You have been Taco Bell. And the trouble that brought them together. Give me more money. Holy. From director Joel Schumacher. I never thought I'd see Walter Coons with drag players. Academy Award winner Robert De Niro. You're never going to be a woman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. When you're channeling Jesse Helm. Flawless. Rated R. Now playing at theaters everywhere. It seemed like it was the birdcage. Yes. It's not. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's worse. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel bad because I haven't seen it, but I think it's pretty safe to say that the movie where Robert De Niro plays what an ex cop who has a stroke and then is helped by neighbor drag queen slash trans woman, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm hmm. Did uh, I get that right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I saw this a while ago. Uh, yeah, I saw it when it came out. Yeah, and I, I, not in the theaters. No. Mm. Yeah, I saw mm. it right when it came out, and then came onto HBO. Yeah. So mm. yeah, a year later, um, and I remember there being some sweet moments there. But it is, of course, it's ninety nine, and we're yep. talking about you know possibly trans issues and drag queens, mm-hmm. and it's just not. It's it's not going to make you feel great when you watch it now. I have a feeling. Yeah. Mm. But I still think uh, it's something I'd, I'd rather Joel Schumacher be making. Yeah. E- e- like, give her, even how badly it might date, it's still like, uh, I don't know. I think it was an interesting choice to mm-hmm. make after a movie like oh, Batman and Robin. Certainly. And I, yeah. I think it was deliberate to make something, well, a little more queer, for lack of a better word. Like, yeah. uh, like on the surface, queer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm. which, which Joel Schumacher is. Like, <laughs> I didn't yep. know that. He's like the gayest man alive. And <laughs> never knew that. Yeah. And, I just found that out this year, and mm-hmm. I was, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I won't say the movie but... itself is flawless, but, like, uh, yeah. I do wonder, I mean, yeah, if you're going to make a movie about queer lives, it is nice to have a queer writer, a director, or both. Um I don't know how sympathetic this really is because it seems like, I mean, a lot of stuff, the farther back you go, the more jumbled things get where, you know, back in the day it was, if you wear women's clothing or if you're a drag queen or if you're trans or if you're gay, those are like the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is definitely not using the words that we would use now to that there's a difference between trans women and drag queens Mm -hmm. and gay men. Mm -hmm. 
and I kind of feel like it's all getting smooshed together. What well, is? Because they probably everyone, for comedy. Everyone well, knew less than us. There's one movie that holds up that was made about trans issues mm-hmm. that holds mm-hmm. up today. Mm-hmm. It's Glenn or Glenda. <laughs> it's, I'm not kidding. It's the most progressive movie that presents the trans side of the argument. Yep. I'm not kidding because it, of yep, who it was made true. by. Well, it does tell us 18 times Glenn is not a homosexual. Exactly. It just over likes the feel again. of women's clothing. It's and soft you have on two cops talk- He is not a homosexual. You have two cops talking about him over stock footage. Well, what if he just wants to be that way and that's the way he's always felt more comfortable? That doesn't make him any less of a man or mean I should treat him. This is the nineteen <laughs> like the nineteen fifties, nineteen forties. Fifties. And then it has and a, he is not a, a homosexual. Long, a long, long nude sequence just Wow, that movie's insane. Hmm. But again, it's, it's, it, that was the movie people held off as the worst movie of all time, and it has the most progressive values. <laughs> I'm, so I'm saying that's that's where we are right mm-hmm. now. We're only slowly getting yeah. into a place where we can start understanding people who are very different than us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I don't know. I don't hold anybody at fault for trying to do something and doing it a little ham-fistedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I also, guess I also feel like, too, though, the more we learn and meet our uh, friends who are gender fluid mm-hmm. and we are starting to realize more and more that gender is not real. Mm-hmm. It's just a social construct that is totally made up yeah. and performed mm-hmm. however people want to perform it. And so the idea of drawing these lines between, well, are we talking about drag or are we talking about trans issues? Mm-hmm. Like, uh I don't know. You can find a way to talk about both, but I, this I mean, movie does, isn't yeah. really. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we do have a long history of movies uh, about drag making men better men. Mm. That tends to be what people learn from something like Tootsie or Some Like It Hot. When mm-hmm. a man dresses as a woman, he ends up realizing that women have it hard and he becomes a better man. Like and I man. feel like there's, <laughs> I feel like there's a, a movie where a drag queen does teach a, an old dog new tricks. Okay. That it's, could be a movie. I don't think it's it. No. And why do they have to say Academy Award winner Robert De Niro? I know. Why? I oh, mean, that Robert De Niro. <laughs> That's oh, true. Oh, the guy from Raging Bull is going to be in this? Oh, not oh, the guy goody. from St. Elsewhere. Okay. I, I got it. <sighs> I, I do have to say, my cat is, is, is dying to play, and I, I found that there's cat apps on the iPad. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't understand multi-gesturing when she uses two paws. So sure. she she's now watching meatballs and, uh, <laughs> and, and batting at the screen on the floor. That's true. She is. She, how did you find a free version of meatballs on YouTube, Kitty? <laughs> how did you do that? Uh, <laughs> good girl. What a good girl. Um, okay. So. Yeah. So the um, flawless question mark I think is probably think the way to end that. It was, it was a movie yeah. I didn't expect it's to see from Joel Schumacher. That's mm-hmm. Definitely. And yeah, I'm surprised that De Niro would sign on for right. this. And yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman's career was just taking off. So, okay. Um, yeah, I, I skipped it. I'm sorry. I went with the movie that could have been really good and turned out I didn't like. Uh, as to, what about the movie that was supposed this to one be? I, I would knew there was like a slim chance. I'd be like, hey, I was pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Slim chance. Uh, well, what about a movie that was supposed to be? I'm not kidding. A second coming. A <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, second coming of one of the biggest action stars of all time. Mm-hmm. And it yep. didn't totally work out mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, Rod Steiger. What the <laughs> fuck? Is he uh-huh. in this movie? Is this like his last film? Um, he showed up in a lot of weird stuff at the end there. Okay. Robin Tooney, Kevin Paula, Gabriel Byrne, and of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
in his comeback film, yeah. uh, the biblical action epic, End of Days. <laughs> At the end of a thousand years, he will walk among us. She was chosen to bear his child in search of an innocent soul. I've come for my wife. Now, it's one man's fate. I'm afraid. Not too late. To protect her. What are we going to do? Let's go. To the end. How can you expect to defeat me? of days rated r now playing Oof. this was a as as a schwarzenegger schwarzenegger comeback vehicle mm-hmm. he has not shown much in these trailers mm. right well th- i think that's the thing I, I i only only just occurred to me right now schwarzenegger was mm. a great action hero great action hero i'll never take that away from him i love 80s arnold schwarzenegger films okay yeah there are like they are not special effects vehicles. Terminator is, but not what he does in it. This is just CG wall to wall and Arnold reacting to it. Yeah, so he doesn't have to act against right. the CG. Yeah, that's not mm. normally mm. what you see Arnold do. This is a good point, I think. He blows people away. Like, just watch Commando. That to me is like, <laughs> that is the quintessential Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and one of the funniest fucking movie, most enjoyable films I've ever seen. Uh, and, and everyone else will talk about a Terminator or, or Predator, but Commando is one of the funniest films I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. And it's a perfect Schwarzenegger yeah. vehicle. This is not. Ooh. This This Ooh. did not need an action hero to star in this because the action is done on a computer mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't yeah. really do much. And, I, and again, I just remember watching this movie at like my most annoying atheist days like this is really predicated on being a believer like oh sure th- this 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 premise doesn't make any sense if you're in any way questioning of catholicism at all i mean and most religious horror most, is like that i i don't know yeah. like, it's, like if you don't believe in the devil the devil will never I think be the, scary the exorcist still works but you can if you're irreligious you can have some problems with how they resolve things because mm-hmm. but like it's beyond religion. They're just the only people who care about such things. Mm. Possession is a, I don't know. I, I think the exorcist still works. This is all based on like prophecy and biblical horseshit. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. The exorcist isn't. Yeah. And, and I fucking hate this movie. I it's think it's one of the worst good. movies yeah. I've ever seen in theaters. Why is Gabriel it's... Byrne so into these <laughs> movies, by the way? I know. Irish. Right? Is, is it his Irish Catholicism? Yeah, dude. Put that... a fucking priest robe on him real fast and just yeah, instantly believe it. I guess. But he isn't. We just had him in Stigmata like a couple months ago. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of millennial horror movies of like, oh no, it's almost, it's almost Y two K. Everybody, we're nervous. Maybe the world's gonna end. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is really timely. Do you remember the other, uh, the other comeback that was uh, foretold in this film? Oh my god, it was the worst. Uh, and foretold I won't play it. in this film. It was the debut of the new Guns N' Roses song on the soundtrack. And what? I don't remember if it was Shackler's Revenge, but that is one of the funniest songs ever to listen to because it's like six different songs. Like they clearly don't know what band they want to be hmm. in 1999. Off of the album Chinese Democracy, that took 20 mm-hmm. years to actually come out. Mm-hmm. The album did not come out for years after this. But this mm-hmm. is Guns N' Roses. Redebut in the end of day soundtrack. So this, like, this was supposed to be huge and like kind of (laughs) went away. Um, I hate this movie. Yeah, it's it's very bad. I hate it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I think the the real rule is 
how however ridiculous the name of Schwarzenegger's character is will tell you how bad a movie is. That's, oh, do tell. That's what is not his true. name in this? Um shit, I can look it up. Yeah. I, I he know... is NYPD Detective Jericho Kane. <laughs> oh no. Jericho Kane. No, that's <laughs> very bad. And I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I think Commando, he's Ben Matrix. <laughs> yeah. What? Johnny Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I know. I know. Oh. Yeah. This is so funny. Did he get yeah. to pick out no, his own stupid. name? Is that how he <laughs> just like, that's the part of the contract? He's like, I'll sign on, but I need to pick my well, own I can, name. I can this al- is my flawless I remember impression. thinking I, I was going to have a hard time in the world for having a more ethnic sounding name. And mm-hmm. I always hated that my name was more ethnic growing uh-huh. up in the South. Uh, I have to imagine Arnold always seemed like a weird pitch to the America. Like a mm. a guy who grasp of English was like in the beginning very flimsy. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. But he always he always had and he always had a more American name than me. It always fucking pissed me off. Like, Schwarzenegger in in the movies. Oh, okay. In the movies, he's okay. he's uh, like he's always Quaid <laughs> or something like that. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, but Jericho Kane. Jericho Kane in a religious thriller. Uh huh. Yikes. Uh-huh. <sighs> they think we're stupid. My name is Adam Abel. <laughs> <laughs> what is your name? Corinthian Moses. <laughs> I'm here to kick ass and read passages. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I swear, if you can bring yourself back to this moment, End of Days was poised to be the big movie of this mm-hmm. season. And the movie yep. I didn't expect to like at all. Like being like uh-huh. sort of savvy looking into movie news uh, was a sequel to a movie that was pretty good from 1995. Uh, and yep. that would be a movie starring, oh man, the new stars in this movie. I only want to name them. Joan Cusack, Wayne Knight, yeah. and Kelsey Grammer. Yes. <laughs> Our finest. Uh, those are the new stars of this movie. Let's see if you can guess what it is. Coming only to theaters. Woody was kidnapped. What are we going to do, Buzz? Use your head. But I don't want to use my head! This Thanksgiving, the toys are back in town. <laughs> and just trying to get home. I sure died Barbie! I'm a marriage spot, I'm a marriage spot. In one piece. Tom <laughs> Hanks, Tim Allen, Toy Story 2. Ride like the wind, Bullseye! Sweetie oh. G, coming Thanksgiving. God, I love Bullseye. Uh, Toy uh, Story 2. And this was supposed to suck. It should have sucked. It should have Everything sucked. Everything about this tells you. This should suck. I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't get too much. All right. You know what? I'm going to get in the weeds on this. Sorry. Uh, but, Do it. But in, terms, in terms of Disney history, where mm-hmm. we were here, we're at the tail end of the Eisner era, mm-hmm. who had revitalized the company in the early 80s and sort of cynically like kept them afloat and profitable towards the end. And a lot of that, we are in the era of the straight-to-video sequel. The Cinderella yeah. 2, the Little Mermaid 2. Oh, no, Ariel, it's Ursula's sister, Rursula. That, this is a, that's almost a <laughs> verbatim line from, from Little Mermaid 2. Mm-hmm. And Disney did not own Pixar, but they commissioned for their straight-to-video industry a Toy Story 2. And because of they end up looking at it and like, this is really fucking good. <laughs> this, is, this is really good. And like we did a whole show about this on Laser Time. I forget what it was called, but Toy Story 2 is a loose assemblage of deleted concepts from Toy Story 1. Mm. 
Hmm. Which is fascinating because mm-hmm. that's why, and that's why it came together so fast because all the work they put into Toy Story one, anything they didn't use, and I, I don't think that involves the overall plot, which is Woody being uh, taken by a collector. Which is great because every single mm-hmm. Toy Story, there's no bad Toy Story movie, mm-hmm. and they're always about nope. different fans of toys. It's true, always. Yeah, and, uh, and 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 I love that about these films. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that takes place. It's about people my age <laughs> who like to collect toys um, with a great Jerry's game appearance. But this is uh, uh-huh. this got bumped up at the uh, at the end. Disney's like, this is too good to release straight to video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and this has not happened to Pixar before because they had so they had to bust their ass to get this cheapy thing that was supposed to come together real quick, go straight to video, and then come out into theaters. And I believe there's a really funny story in the DVD about how like they almost lost the film. Like a, they so, deleted a lot of it yeah. by accident. What? Yeah, a lot of like the whole film yeah. got deleted. I think because because somebody was sick and they sent out a version to that person. That was the only surviving copy. They still lost some stuff, but that was the surviving copy. Because, like, I- I've been to Pixar. The The first floor is, is like, there's a gift shop. It's a giant render farm. Because mm-hmm. these, these things, they don't come together instantly. Uh, this These people are very much still animators in the classical sense. It, it, it takes forever for these things to render and process. And I'm sure it'll get easier, but, like, I was there less than 10 years ago, and, like, this looked like a, it looked like a computer from the 1970s. Like, that's what the room looked like. Wow. It was crazy. And they almost lost the entire film. So as much as they had to bust ass on the first two one. years of work. Yeah. That's two years of animation. It's, it's also two years of work. Pixar works on movies for like four to five years mm-hmm. to get them out. This was a really, really, really quick turnaround. And most of everything you see in the movie, gag-wise, or like, you know, the Buzz Lightyear video game or Barbie, because Barbie said no. Uh, to the first movie, mm-hmm. um, as did most other toy companies. They didn't want to be involved. Only the potato head people were, <laughs> they were, like, were down. Sure. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. after this, everyone was dying to be in a Toy Story film. Of course, because, I mean, I'm sure potato head sales went up after Toy Story. I would I would imagine, yeah. 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 And, and Barbie turned out to be a really great character, like, mm-hmm. especially in the third oh, one. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, yeah, and the mm-hmm. third one, so good. Yeah, and, and I, every, I remember the joke being, like, People couldn't even accept a sequel being a, a live action sequel being better than the original, but they're like Toy Story Two is the Godfather Two of animated films, Ooh. <laughs> and that's what I remember yeah, people saying. True. In a smaller world where sequels sucked, which they never they haven't sucked in a long time, mm-hmm. but like there hadn't been a good animated sequel ever. I don't think, no. never, not in a theatrical um, one. Yeah, Care Bears Two is pretty like- good. If you were a dumb baby, I was. <laughs> I, I know you like Rush Wars Down Under. That's oh, I true. love that movie. That's a good yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I do like that one but, better than the first one. Yeah. I, I I think this is my favorite Toy Story movie. And you're right. None of them have been bad, mm-hmm. which blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Even the little TV specials have been good. But the first Toy Story, like, they threw so many writers at it, mm-hmm. you know, and they really fine-tuned it. The animation is, like, really good, but not as great. Like, the people look kind of creepy, but what do you want? It's the very first, you know, computer-animated feature film, big movie. And then this one, I don't know if it's just like they they did so many drafts of the script and they started on some and then they chucked it and then they started over, even though they were just rushing to make this deadline. But I know they threw out a lot of stuff and then brought in a bunch of other stuff they'd already brainstormed for Toy Story. And it's just fucking great. The story holds Mm -hmm. up. All the characters end up taking interesting arcs. 
Uh, Kelsey Grammer's like one of the characters best... I love so much. Kelsey Grammer's one of the best villains in a Toy Story. You're right, and you're right. Like some of the the characters we get from this film end up well, it would become a Toy Story staple. But at the time, mm-hmm. we didn't like. Uh, do you even remember Toy Story without Jessie? Yeah, no. Most people yeah. don't. Like no. she's just synonymous. Ever, if you go to the park, she's like assume. she stands next to Woody, but yeah. she was not in the first one. She's introduced here with the Sarah McLaughlin song that'll bring you to your fucking knees. Oh, that song yes. is too much. If you that ask sequence me. is too much. Oof. That whole sequence is harder harder on me than up is even. Well, it's, it's harder than those minute, those five minutes of up. And I always consider because it for uh, for uh, I guess Pixar fans. I don't want to say John Lasseter fans, but whatever. He, uh, he made some great stuff. Uh, Brave little toaster reference in the um, sequence with Jesse because she lives oh, in kind cool. of a similar house and is left behind the same way. Uh, and oh. Kelsey Grammer as the villain in that final scene on the airport. It's a great, great, great action sequence. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't yeah. know what it is, and I wish I was smarter so I could write an article about why Toy Story 1 and 2, despite, like, they are admittedly crude, like, mm-hmm. looking, but hold up right. so fucking well in a way that, like, we don't really watch computer animated films from this period. They don't really get aired anymore because they look right. like dog shit. Yeah. But Toy right. Story 2, and one, and 1 especially, but 2 mm-hmm. doesn't. And, and I know they up the ante like crazy. You see the dog walk in and like it's literally your first CG production with hair on the dog. <laughs> and it looks nuts. And it just mm-hmm. improves more and more all the time. But Toy Story 2, man, I think my favorite yeah. is 3. Well, but, I mean, uh, so much of what I love about the Toy Story movies is that they don't tell the same story over and over. Yeah. They each have a kind of a different theme that works. And, and you know, Toy Story 1, sort of the theme is about jealousy mm-hmm. uh, and, and wanting people to never change and everything stay the same forever. And Toy Story 2 is also similarly but not as about, yeah, ac- accepting loss. Mm-hmm. That's kind of heavy for a kid's movie. But, yeah, the idea that's like – Accepting loss. It's kind or- of like – it's about parenting too. Well, the fourth where it's one, like yes. You're, yeah, totally. <laughs> where it's like it's about your yeah, your kids are going to grow up and leave you, and this is a natural progression of things. Mm-hmm. But it's also like you can't overprotect yourself from a fear of loss by locking yourself away and never letting anyone in. Right. Mm. Right. That's, that's, a, that's the point of the movie. More profound. I was just going to say, like, because I'm I'm more like the Wayne Knight Al character. Uh, do you move forward with your life or preserve a, a crystalline stasis of arrested development? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, I do like the movie rooting down where Woody comes from and making Woody mm-hmm. an antique toy. That happens here, and that makes sense yeah. in the fourth movie right. later on. Mm-hmm. But we're not really told that because they just seem like cliched toy stand-ins. But and there's the, yes, that whole popular theory that Woody's is Andy's dead dad's toy from when he was a kid. Oh. Hmm. Which makes sense, but Pixar is denied, and I, I sort of wish they didn't because it, it would make a ton of sense. But I love the idea of Woody having a universe because mm-hmm. they didn't really delve into that that much. Because um, the first two Toy Stories are a wonderful ripoff. One of my favorite Christmas specials, The Christmas Toy, which I won't be able to talk mm. about this year. But, uh, no. but uh, I, I, yeah, the first first ones and the third one is just about about how to move on mm-hmm. or how to like how to yeah. retire. It's it's. I'll say this about something else in the next segment. It is the best ending they, that Pixar has ever ignored. Uh, the third movie is yeah. such a good ending. And the fourth one is just like, I don't know, it feels like a webisode, almost like El Camino. Like, I didn't yeah. need that, but right. that was really good. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, yeah. And, but, I mean, it's just the, the idea of, yeah, not opening yourself up 
to heartache because you can also have joy that way. But if you're just locked away, you can have neither is really told well with the Kelsey Grammer character. And is basically no one ever loved me. Mm -hmm. Fuck all y'all. And Joan Cusack's character is basically I had someone very special Mm -hmm. and now she's gone. And the idea is this toy collector is going to take Woody's gang from this 50s TV show and they're going to go to a toy museum. Mm-hmm. And they will be loved forever by everyone walking by. Behind glass. But they won't ever have a special <laughs> someone. They'll be behind glass forever. Mm-hmm. And which is worse? Which is better? Which is worse? And at the same time, I love that Buzz, Buzz Lightyear gets a little bit of a character arc, too. And then, yeah. like, he embraces his toyedness. Yes. And he finally <laughs> faces down Emperor Zerg. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play with my dad. Yeah. And Go finds on. out Emperor Zerg is his dad. And they're like, fun. And yeah. Oh, I forget. Yeah, because like in all the merchants, like Emperor Zerg is just on shit now. Like, uh, <laughs> it, this is so long ago. I forget that this is twenty years ago. Yeah, they, yeah. T- they take a but, long yeah, time. See, he he opens himself up to love, and he finds love with his dad, Emperor Zerg, and yeah. that's the message. <sighs> I love this film. I think it's fantastic. It's so wonderful. I, 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 it I, is so fucking wonderful. I feel like we could have like an entire podcast trying to argue which Toy Story is the worst. It's very, mm. very, very hard. Oh, yeah. And I, I'd only say four just because I've seen it. I've only seen it twice as opposed to all the other ones. It's true. And- <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go back and rewatch this one. Because it's excellent. Now that you guys are yeah. bringing up all these themes, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I haven't been to therapy in a while. Maybe I'll just watch this as a shortcut. <laughs> it, it's so fun. And again, in the opening sequence, it, it, it set a standard for what the opening sequences of, of, of Toy Story films. It was something mm-hmm. they thought they couldn't do mm-hmm. in the first one. Because the first one, remember, is a grand experiment. Like, will this work? Right. Can we make a fucking movie that looks convincing and not weird? Like, again, like, people don't know that. Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. It, it's weird that you might have been alive when a movie had to wonder, will this work? And that's what happened in 1995. Mm-hmm. And so the opening of Toy Story 2 is something they had for one, but they're just like, there's no way. There's no fucking way technologically we could ever do that. Mm-hmm. And it's animation. You should never think that with animation. But they did because they were pioneering a technology. So it's it. Uh, Toy Story 2 is fascinating in so fucking many ways. Toy Story 2 is wonderful. Moving to the television of 1999. Uh, what is it? November 22nd through the 28th? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friends. The one where Ross gets high? Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, sorry guys, I'm selfishly going to bring up my favorite episode of Friends ever. It is? It is? It is. Ever. It is. Because Ross gets high? No. Well, it's, what, it's a fun one. Does anybody else see that gorilla over there or some other network (laughs) version of what it's like to be high? You know, I really wish that actually was part of the (laughs) storyline. And that is one of the things, I've watched a lot of Friends and I find it very unrealistic Not the huge apartment, not the fact that these people can drink coffee all day and not go to work, but the fact that this is a bunch of mid-twenties people and nobody is doing drugs or getting drunk in New York City in the 90s. It just doesn't. I even saw them go to some like shows like, what are you guys doing out there? Yeah. So the Hootie and the Blowfish show was wild. That's where I take Mm. my first ecstasy. Sure. I I drop my first MDMA right in the middle of Only Want to Be With You. That's a pretty good one. (laughs) (laughs) Then the dolphins did make you cry. (laughs) (laughs) What a fratty song. It is wild. It is wild. Um, (laughs) That is not, but that's not a simile. (laughs) I'm such a baby that the dolphins make me cry. Many questions. That's Miami Dan, he's Dolphins. He's talking about Dan Marino. Mm. <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway. that makes sense. Yeah. 
And the one where Ross gets high. Sorry. Yeah. So the friends do Thanksgiving episodes, which I really appreciate because it's my favorite holiday. Yep. And this Ugh. one is my favorite episode because there is a big truth telling session that goes on. Basically, they're trying to hide from uh, Monica and Ross's parents the fact that Monica and Chandler are living together. <gasps> and so everyone's trying to keep a secret. And then the secret comes out. But the secret is actually that Ross was smoking weed when he was a teenager and he blamed it on Chandler. And that's why the parents hate him so much. Meanwhile, oh, no. <laughs> meanwhile, Phoebe is having sexual dreams about um, – <laughs> about Monica and Ross's dad, played by Elliot Gould, which I really appreciate as a storyline. And then Jacques Cousteau, which I also appreciate as a storyline. Oh, sexual dreams of Jacques, because he was dead at this point, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's actually a line in the show. Okay. I think he's dead. He is dead. But, yeah, I just love the comedic timing of people screaming, escalating things at each other mm-hmm. one right after another, because <laughs> it's one of those things that I find very funny that never happens in real life. Right. But only happens in like plays and sitcoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just pulled mm-hmm. the one little click clip of this so that you can enjoy it. But I promise, even if you hate friends, this is the episode to watch. Ooh. There's a lot going on. Your here. favorite episode. It's my favorite episode. I have a favorite oh. episode this episode too. In this, in this episode, 30, 20, 10, I mean. Oh, okay. I do. And, all right. I'm I got hear confused. It. I was smoking the pot, but it was me. I'm sorry. It was you? And, Dad, you know that mailman that you got fired? He didn't steal your Playboys. Ross did. <laughs> King Gloria didn't break the porch swing. Monica did. <laughs> Ross hasn't worked at the museum for a year. <laughs> Monica and Chandler are living together. <laughs> Ross married Rachel in Vegas and got divorced again. <laughs> I love Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to put beef in the trifle. I wanted People Steve Carell to jump out. I don't know what we're yelling about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> oh yeah, we talk about beef in the trifle all the time. Beef in the trifle. Yeah, and- she's making a traditional English trifle, and she puts ground beef in it. Oh, even though it's a dessert. I thought I thought Triforce when she said that. Like yeah. uh, <laughs> me and Rachel playing Zelda together. Mm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you for indulging me. Okay. But see, the CBS TV movie, Secret of Giving. Yes. <laughs> the Reba McIntyre. I pulled this because it's starring Reba McIntyre, mm-hmm. which I love, because I don't think mm-hmm. we celebrate her acting enough <laughs> as a culture. Sure. <laughs> I mean, she did have a very long-running show. I can't name but... one of her songs either, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, there's one like called Climb That Mountain or something. Oh. It's very inspirational. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, fancy. But... What is? I'm sorry? Fancy's about pimping out your daughter. Ooh. Nice. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. That's a weird one. You know, side note, lady country songs are so much weirder than men country songs. The more authentic ones. Yeah. Yeah. Your lawn looks like shit. I mean. I'm going to make a song about it. I feel like lady country singers sing a lot more about murder than men country singers do. And I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that Uh, in the genre. I do love country music Mm because I'm 
yeah. Uh, grew up in the yeah. South. But the secret of giving, she plays a hard scrabble farm lady who in a Christmas movie is trying to <laughs> save the farm from some greedy developers. But the main no. thing I want to build a strip mall right over your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Suge, I just don't cotton to that. I'm going to put on a concert with all my farm animals. Exactly. And then they put on a breakdancing competition to save it? Yes. Yes. And a car wash. Uh, Well, a buggy wash, let's be honest. I can play upright bass as long as you don't put a hole in the wash tub. (laughs) I'll bring my moonshine jug. Uh, oh boy. But also my favorite thing is that it was Reba's also... Secret of Emmett Otter references. <laughs> this is uh, a tie-in with Reba's Christmas album of oh the God, same y'all. name that just came out. Have a honky-tonk Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and let me just say this. Oh. This was a big week for our um, Lady Divas mm-hmm. because not only mm-hmm. do we have this Reba... TV movie. Mm-hmm. We also have two one-hour specials, one featuring all Celine Dion again, what? and one featuring what? all Shania Twain again. Are you kidding? Yes, wow. this keeps happening. The wow. '99 was like very all, about our moms our bought off the, the networks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm here for it, and I celebrate it. Um, yeah, so I mean, I support it, but that shit sounds real boring. <laughs> I mean, again, yeah. as the old lady kid that I was, I was super down for. I all mean, of but this just stuff. like I remember that, like like network televised concerts, yeah. like when, in a one rough. TV household, you would be so fucking bored. I, I mean, and no I matter was, who it was, you could put it on in the background while you're eating Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. True, and trimming the tree. Oh, it, do we yeah. not? It's Thanksgiving. Yes, this is Thanksgiving Duh. week. My bad. Yeah. Oh, totally forgot. Right. And then a CBS Sunday night movie. On the 28th. One special night, a very sexy sounding movie starring Julie Andrews and James, Gar- James Garner. What? Where yeah, she plays together again. a pediatric cardiologist and he plays mm, something like... A guy like- who sells children's hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but probably something more blue collar and they get snowed in <gasps> and oh, a romance ensues. One special I feel between- like it's the start Ooh. of a porn, honestly. <laughs> Baby, it's he plays a outside. pizza man, and she plays a lonely housewife. <laughs> a pizza man. You know, this sounds like super, super Hallmark movie, but I might have to watch it just so I can I can round out the James Garner, Julie Andrews trilogy. That's what I'm saying. Because the two other movies that they've made together, I both love both of them so much. Americanization of Emily and Victor Victoria. Mm-hmm. Mm. They are so good together, and no one, like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, the math doesn't add up. <laughs> well, I mean, you, obviously this was on CBS, and obviously, obviously. they promoted these two people being together. Mm. And was it not CBS that also did on Golden Pond with Julie Andrews and... Um, they remade Golden Pond for even older people? Christopher Plummer. I don't know. I believe that Maybe. was a big deal, too, and I can't remember if that was this year or in the vicinity but yes it was like they're together again how do you not say the word on golden pond and think people are gonna think piss or at least chris is for the <laughs> rest of his with life these old people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's sleeping oh, on yep, golden you're, pond right. Again. you're right julie andrews and christopher Plummer. Yeah. so that's cool they're, they escaped those nazis right <laughs> What? now all the von trap people are going to sing a song about golden pond that's yeah. in 2001 we gotta wait. Oh, okay. Uh, okay and i think it was live too sweet i can't wait for the 9 11 episode of 3020 Oh, uh, God. <laughs> and we did a laser time episode a long time ago 
about Lil Toons. And I think I wanted to attribute it to Bobby's World or maybe Muppet Babies, mm. the idea of like younger versions of cartoons or comedians. Mm-hmm. And Lil mm-hmm. Rosie, Rose got one, uh, fucking oh, uh, yeah. Life with Louie, like, uh, like oh, a yeah. ton of comedian based cartoon shows. I wasn't watching Nick Jr. in 1999, so I forgot about the debut of Little Bill. Little Bill. Oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> Little Bill Cosby. And it just made me remember how, how synonymous Bill Cosby was with Nickelodeon for a really long time. Really? Like, yeah, outside of like what we think of him now, like... Yeah, he did picture pages like in oh, on yeah. Nickelodeon and had had kind of been at the forefront of like creating modern children's entertainment and the same way he revolutionized yeah. the Cosby show and like it just eh, I, I, obviously I brought it up to like make you cringe at Bill Cosby but it's also right. like now I'm just missing like I'm missing him as a positive force in our world uh, mm-hmm. given given who he is now and I'm I'm glad he's in jail. Well, to be fair, he was always who he is now. Yeah, I know. I know what well, we yeah. know about him now, sorry. Yeah. Um anyway, uh the games of 1999. Again, we'll talk about these more in a special on patreon.com/lasertime because this is a really big one, including Unreal Tournament, the debut of that. Oh. Cuz mm. right, cuz Diana knows that Unreal means something more than just Unreal Tournament. It's the debut of the mm-hmm. Unreal Engine. And if any of you watching The Mandalorian, I believe Unreal is putting together the backgrounds on that show right now, a video game engine. No shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about that uh, a little more on Video Game Apocalypse this week. But I, I love The Mandalorian, and I wish wish we had talked about it on a bonus time because I really like the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, SWAT 3, close quarters combat. I think I remember talking about this with Sammy, and he yelled at me for making fun of it because uh, <laughs> he was really into these SWAT police hand signal base like go red team and like uh, this is dumb and the guy who who's the guy the guy uh from the oj trial he's like a consultant on it uh never mind but uh, yeah i think so the racist yeah yeah (laughs) he's a consultant on this series Um, ultima nine ascension a game i'm assuming is great that i know nothing about and uh i ladies and gentlemen it is the 20th anniversary of this song All right, <laughs> Sarah's wincing. God. Uh, yeah, that's the game opens with a three-minute rap song. Rap song from like, uh, like I don't know, like <laughs> courtesy of like the middle of nowhere England. Mm. Uh, a really great '99 rap song for Donkey Kong '64. One of the last giant 3D platformers this character was ever in, uh, and it's <laughs> I was a hu- too big a game. It defines what's wrong with Rare. We'll talk about it more. Uh, on patreon.com slash laser time. Give us five bucks. We'll let you know, baby. And uh, hopefully incorporate your opinions. But let's close out of 1999 uh, while we still have a little breath in our bodies with When She Loved Me by Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin's <laughs> oh. Toy Story 2. We're Jesse just song. take a cry break. Per- yes. Parenthetical Jesse song. Everybody rehydrate. <laughs> Uh, yep. Anytime, is... I want you to think about this next time you try to make fun of Randy Newman. Remember, he wrote this. He could break your soul, man, if he wants to. Yeah, he still writes all the songs. And this is this was the saddest moment in Toy Story ever until they all cope with the fact they were about to die. Yes. And I still can't get over it. Yeah. That the movie was... did that to me. 
Does you know what else is really upsetting, though? What? This is another song that lost the Oscar to Phil Collins from Tarzan. <laughs> Boo! See, that's why that's that's why he sucks. Anyway, we'll be right back after Sarah McLaughlin. Stay right there for 2009, everyone. Lonely and forgotten. Never thought she'd look my way, and she smiled at me and held me just like she used to do. Like she loved me when she ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of november 22nd through 28th sure let's start out with uh, an anniversary november 28th 1919 marks the 100th anniversary of the first woman actually seated in the uk parliament uh there was one that was elected before her but she was irish so they didn't let her in uh, the first woman was Lucy Vicontis Astor, and unfortunately, Vicontis Astor was uh, anti-Jew, anti-Catholic, super out of touch, really stupid, and also American. But, you know, it's a landmark, so I just thought I'd mention that. Um, also, it's kind of amazing that at that point, not all women could vote. Women over 30 who owned property could vote, and they didn't have the vote, really, for another 10 years. And in the U.S., we didn't either. So, yay. I love that we're about to hit the anniversary of women having the vote in the U.S. And we haven't had a woman president. <sighs> yeah, that's that's for the best. We're too emotional, damn it. Damn it! Anyway, uh, this uh, I just threw, I threw that out because it's an interesting historical note. But a movie that takes place just a bit before 1919 and V. Disaster and all that stuff is a, a really easy recommend for me. Especially that it's at the holidays. November 28th, 1944, saw the release of, I'd argue, Vicente Minnelli's classic, uh, probably his best movie, Meet Me in St. Louis, starring Judy Garland, Margaret O'Brien, Mary Astor, Marjorie Maine, Tom Drake, all those guys. Uh, if you've never watched this, you just know the song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, please watch this. It's a really accessible classic movie, because first of all, it's in bright Technicolor gorgeous technicolor um it's about you know a family so that's relatable that you know that they live in a medium-sized town they're thinking about moving to a larger town and it goes through like the whole year and some of the bits in it are very very not christmasy what you remember i mean there's a whole segment with little margaret or o'brien on halloween just wanting to like break shit and burn things and throw stuff at people and they have this all the little children are dancing around a bonfire and you think well those kids are gonna get hurt but i guess in 1903, that's how you were. So, yeah. Um, great songs. Charlie song, Boy Next Door. Beautiful costumes, great performances. And, yeah, in the end, very heartwarming Christmas type thing. So, if it's been a while or if you've never actually seen the whole movie, please watch Meet Me in St. Louis from 1944. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. I'm about 
Coming in with Four Year Entertainment by Adam Lambert off the album of the same name. Because I guess the name is debut. The important. Is this an American Idol dude? Yes. Okay. Yep. That's all I remember. Oh, uh, welcome to 2009, everyone. November 22nd to the 28th, and I swear we're going to get what I think are two of the best, which should have been the end of two of my favorite shows that are still running <laughs> uh, in the same week. Uh, but there are also new music releases from uh, Birdman, Priceless, uh, All or Nothing by uh, Jay Sean, a I Dream a Dream by Susan Boyle, uh, we, yeah. Where We Are by uh, Westlife, and Rated R by Rihanna. Uh, Empire State yeah. of Mind by Jay-Z is still number one, and I still can't get over calling that song a Jay-Z song. <laughs> the Alicia Keys one so much more frequently. So we are, I think we can all acknowledge, we're not the best at talking about music, mm-hmm. but I do have to say, nope. I do remember this moment in time with Rihanna where she eventually mm-hmm. she turns from Pond de Replay and turn takes a hard huh? left into a much darker personality. Oh. Do you remember this? Yeah. No. Like Rihanna was just like a fun That's where she shaved the size of, of her head. Yeah, and now it's rated R this this uh album by her is where she really starts to get into some Ooh. like really cool stuff and she becomes more fashion y type person and starts taking different risks this is uh, rihanna's attitude era mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's fun oh, like and it. so yeah i'm here for it i like it yep um, almost came in with russian roulette but we rihanna's up and down on the charts like a lot right around here and yeah. i felt like oh adam lambert let's throw him in there yeah, yeah. he'll be back let's He's visit fun. her and we got to make fun of adam lambert for a second yeah <laughs> you mean the new lead singer of queen the new old singer. Is that still happening? No, that happened know. at the Oscars. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. I think they toured, didn't they? They yes. did. Yes, they did. Yeah. And I saw them at the Oscars. I'm like, I feel like, give me six months and I could do better than this. Like, like how did this guy get the job? This doesn't yeah. sound anything like Freddie nah. Mercury. Uh, he's okay. Nah, he's good. He's fine. I like him. No. Uh, he's and not a bad guy. I'm guessing Sarah put in this news. I'll let you read it. I put in this news, actually. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I I went on a little bit of a deep dive to try to find news in re-podcasts. Because this is 2008, 2009 is where they really start getting going. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is uh, it's the 10th anniversary of the first Never Not Funny podcast-a-thon. Yeah. It ran for nine hours, and they raised $12,000. Yep. Now they raised, like, 400000 Yeah. And I think, I mean, at this point, they have, like, raised millions for and it all goes yeah. to smile, smile train, train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Palette, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's not flipping about it but that's really what it is like, yeah repair it, yeah no not repair uh, surgery yes no it's giving cleft mm-hmm. palates to people who don't have them uh, uh, <laughs> diabetes repair Di- <laughs> this is how i felt just <laughs> now repair <laughs> doctor uh, i felt like dr spichemin just saying that uh, uh but yeah <laughs> jimmy pardo my first podcast husband mm. um Aww. yeah he's he's the best man and i love podcastathon it's a it's an awesome fundraiser that he's done for a very long time and you can just buy all 12 hours and they get they pull huge guests too mm-hmm. which is yeah. it's pretty fun yeah I yeah where it's just yeah stuff. it's a freaking marathon where they just keep going and going and going and just yeah Different people come in and out, and they'll stick around for a while, and then maybe they'll go. And ever, but and everyone gets so many, so many great comedians. Everyone gets and real punchy. Cool oh, okay. Yeah, which yes. is really fun. Which is that—that's the best part. That was always the best part of like the Jerry Lewis telethon too. Is mm-hmm. you want to watch that last hour or two, mm-hmm. where he's just barely holding it together. <laughs> and a lot of times they the pills have kicked in. <laughs> A lot of times they bring in Scott Aukerman at the end, and he usually has a pretty good bit going. And I feel like for the past couple of years, they've been musically accompanied by Wayne Fetterman. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. 
So, right. I don't know. It's a great listen. I'm and guessing I... you're doing it again this year. Yes. Yeah. All right. Support a good cause. Uh, that's not patreon.com slash laser time. <laughs> After the you worst. support us. I'm the worst. Yeah. Uh, movies of 2009, November 22nd to the 28th. Twilight New Moon is still number one at the box office, and we're all very happy about that. Yeah. Super haps. <laughs> uh, I would take pretty much any of these movies over it. And most of them I haven't seen. Right, because these are like, uh, and, and there's only one I, I sort of wanted to see, uh, the pri- not, which wasn't the Private Lives of Pippa Lee. What the fuck is this? Is this a, is this like a, a localized Pippi Longstocking? No, it has nothing to do with Pippi Longstocking. Uh, this is written and directed by Rebecca Miller, uh, based on her novel. Rebecca Miller is the daughter of playwright Arthur Miller and Mrs. Daniel Day Lewis. So she just got to adapt her own novel for the screen. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Uh, look, when when you have that kind of street cred, yeah, you can pull in. No, no, I'm not. This I'm, not I'm not judging. Cast. Uh, you just how how many people have adapted their own book as a director? Like only the Exorcist guy I can think of. Um, that's about it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's like looking back on the life of this woman, and she's gone through like all kinds of different things. Where it's like when she's younger, she's played by Blake Lively, and she's got like problems with her mom, played by Maria Bello. And then, like, she kind of goes through, like, a whole bunch of crazy phases of her life until she's, like, a bored housewife. And, you know, she has affairs and she meets women and she does stuff. And uh, the cast is ridiculous, though. Mm-hmm. Robin Wright, Alan Arkin, Maria Bello, Monica Bellucci, Blake Lively, Julianne Moore, Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder. And critics were split. And I'm sorry I never got around to this one. I really did want to watch this. But critics were split. Some said it's like, it's been done. We've been here. It's got nothing new to say. And some of them found it very charming. Your mileage may vary. Uh, and I remember getting a flyer for the next film. <laughs> the reopening really? of San Francisco's Kabuki Cinema. Yes, because if you can believe ah. it, the nativity people were really pushing the people at a really old school marketing campaign. <laughs> Uh, this is the Jesus CGI movie. No, uh, it, no, this is a British movie that got oh, practically no release here in the U.S. Oh. And I don't really understand why, unless it's just too niche British. But it's Martin Freeman stars as like a teacher who's trying to put on this nativity play with all these little kids and convinces them that like a Hollywood guy, a Hollywood producer, is going to come and watch them, and so everyone gets like all wrapped up and crazy trying to make this nativity the best nativity ever. And, like, never came to the U.S., okay. which is nuts. But it has two sequels called Nativity 2, Danger in the Manger. Okay. And Nativity 3, Dude, Where's My Donkey? Stop. <laughs> is that real? No. That's real. No, it is? No. Oh, that goodness. is real. Boo on that. I just want to say, as far as nativities goes, I'm always out there shopping for Christmas decorations. And, man, you people who want nativity scenes get fucking gouged. And there's no license. Oh, they're so expensive. <laughs> There's no license at all. Like, I can get something from Rudolph or just peanuts so much cheaper than goddamn Joseph. They're very, <laughs> they're very expensive. Yeah, holy shit. This starts at $250, you monsters. We have yeah. a... So we put out our nativity scene every year, and it is, I think my grandparents gave it to me, mm-hmm. but it's cobbled together from, it's several sets in one. So I have like 11 <laughs> sheep, three donkeys, two Marys, Jesus. It's just the whole family's I jerk, there. I can jerk to that. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. <laughs> two Marys, 11 sheep, I'm in. This is what we're doing, yeah. So I just like, usually I throw some Lego guys in there too. Harry Potter sometimes is in there. Snake. I mean, I used to have a tradition of going back home for Christmas and making a nativity scene out of like my McDonald's Happy Meal toys mm-hmm. from Days of Yore, mm-hmm. just in Rafifi holding it. <laughs> and, uh, and 
at um, home we have one of the my parents home they we have one of those nativity scenes with the hutch and usually like there's an angel at the top you know that's spreading the good news but a long time ago <laughs> our angel of course i know that he does that <laughs> a long time ago our angel fell off and so my mom affixed a figurine of yoda to <laughs> <laughs> uh, baby yoda you know nativity what? scene disney i don't care what you oh, track get, say. On, get it. on it please yeah please it's uh, pretty cute man i i meant this is the one i actually meant to watch because i never saw it uh ninja mm-hmm. assassin which mm-hmm. i'm guessing is exactly what it sounds like uh but but yes. was i correct on that it's it's the director of v for vendetta right who's the wachowski cinematographer and this is like his follow-up from, which which did amazing like it was very successful uh critically is held very in very high regard and i think this is him and the wachowski's like maybe we can do whatever the fuck we want <laughs> and uh maybe not so much with no, you can make it an action movie starring a korean pop star yeah yeah i mean mm. I, but like i love v for vendetta so much i'm really disappointed with myself that i haven't seen this yet because this could have been like a whole new thing like i don't know like american budgets for like super asiany uh, super hardcore movies like this. Like, yeah, I don't know, I'm well, we, have, we have some of those already. I mean, we have like, whatever Jet Li is up to, yeah, generally. But this, this has a visual flair that those do not. Yeah. And like a, a... That's true. But I've also heard that the editing is, is incomprehensible. Which well, I've heard this is terrible. <laughs> but because... people also said that about Speed Racer, and I disagree. Yeah, yeah that's true. Okay, but yeah, it stars Korean pop star Rain, but also Naomi Harris and Ben Miles, who are actual actors, and some... Like old school uh, Chopsaki vets, Shokusugi and Rick Yoon. Wow. So I'm I'm down with that part. I didn't get I didn't get to it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, There's a lot of movies coming up. This it, is, this it, is, this it is, looks crazy. This is your Oscar good. dump. Yeah. In addition to the other other major ten pole city releases, such as a movie I wish I would have seen, me and Orson Welles starring Zac yep. Efron. This sounds like a movie yeah. for you. I know. I know. I didn't even know it existed I, until we looked at the doc. I watched it, and I think you would like it. Really? I love Orson yeah. Welles. Yeah, well, uh, the trailer kind of tells you what's going on, so hit it. Ooh, okay. This is the story of one week in my life. It was the week I fell in love. The week I would make my Broadway debut. What the hell is it now? And the week I would meet Orson Welles. John, this kid's going to play Lucius. Will you work for nothing? Orson! Quiet, I'm negotiating. Orson's very competitive, very self-centered. This stage is where history is being written. Very brilliant. Okay, listen, people. Nail your words to the back wall, and that goes for the rest of you. Consonants, consonants, consonants. This is the best Orson Welles impression I've ever seen in my whole life. Yes. Wow. Yes, it is. There's one. The best reason to watch this is Christian McKay, who's a British actor. He did Orson Welles in a one-man show, and that got him this gig. It's directed by Richard Linkletter, who knows a thing or two. But he is uncanny. He, I, he's, was, he looks like him and he, he gets his odd accent and the, the weird way he would punch words. And it's just. And the way he walks and like, dude, I'm an Orson Welles fanatic. This is really good. He's really easy to caricature because of yes. the mm-hmm. brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's an excellent Orson Welles, especially young Orson Welles. Holy fuck. Yeah, so so this is about uh, the Mercury Theater's production of Julius Caesar, which is sometimes called the Gangster Caesar or the Fascist Caesar, because it was done in modern dress, and it's about gangsters and fascists. Oh, we're stuff. making a joke about them doing the Black Macbeth, which he did do. Yeah, he and, did the Voodoo Macbeth, which yeah. I've always wanted to see some of that. Oh, I didn't know it was Voodoo. I <laughs> yeah, no, it's supposed to be like Haitian mm. Voodoo. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that sounds so cool. Um, and it's really 
it's good. I mean, it's not great. It's definitely if you are a fan of Orson Welles uh, and yes. stuff, or just like the late 30s and theater types, mm -hmm. then it's a good watch. Uh, Zach Efron's fine. Claire Danes is charming. She always is. Uh, yeah, so it's about this teenager who just wants to be an actor and he sort of gets roped in to being in this production. And it's about how uh, Orson Welles is a genius, but also a complete asshole. Yeah. 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 That, that happens a lot. A lot of geniuses yeah. are. Well, and that I think a lot. when Orson Welles is given, given the budget and creative freedom at 25, <laughs> like you're going yeah. to get an asshole. Yeah, and they, they don't even mention his age in this. It, yeah, he was he would have been like 24, 25. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, and there's a certain amount of dealing with like, is it worth taking this abuse to make great art? Or, you know what, my, my mental health is not going to put up with this. Like, stop being such a dick. That's always a conversation I like dipping into, yeah. honestly. It's probably not one yeah, brought up a lot a in the little... 1940s. Yeah, there's a little bit of it. I mean, it's not like Whiplash where it's like, that's the point of the movie. Mm -hmm. But there's a bit of that there of like, is it worth to take this abuse if you're going to do the best work of your life? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. But yeah, it's it was a lot of fun. It was all right. And uh, mild, mild oh, recommend. Not for everybody. But for me, I'm in. I'm oh, in. yeah. I think you'd like it. Uh, especially and like I said, Christian McKay. Dude, it's so perfection. good. Perfection. And that was really, that was that was my introduction really to the impression. Good. Like that mm -hmm. is so excellent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've never seen anybody <laughs> do, do it that accurate in Orson Welles. And uh, no. this movie, unbel I was done done with Wes Anderson after mm. Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. And mm. my favorite at that point being Life Aquatic, where they introduced. I remember reading about it like this can't be. He's going to do something about a pseudo Jacques Cousteau movie with stop motion animation. Mm -hmm. No, he's not. He did, and it was awesome. And it's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking leopard shark is the best. I love and it. And then just made it. Is this a Roald Dahl book? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like adapted. One of the best adaptations since Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory of a role. That dude has not been adapted very well across time. Matilda's pretty mm, cool. I do love and, James and the Giant Peach, too. Oh, that movie's fucking great, actually. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, it's good. You know what? Roald Dahl, he's counting it. I'm just thinking of lately, him. like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the BFG. Like mm. all that shit doing pretty mm. terrible, which is on Disney Plus. No one cares. <laughs> you watch it for free because mm -hmm. no one saw it in the theater. But BFG's not bad. Fantastic, Mister. This movie, Fox. Ha! Oh, ha! so good. Love it. <laughs> Love it. This is a great week for kids' movies. So great. But I would, dude. I had bailed on one of my favorite directors, and mm -hmm. this brought me back in, and I have never really left ever mm -hmm. since. I like. I, I don't know what rubbed me so wrong about Darjeeling Limited, and mm -hmm. I, I remember. Mm -hmm. Because, but like, I watch Moonrise Kingdom and I don't feel that way anymore. Right. No, Darjeeling Limited, I think what rubbed you the wrong way, the same thing that rubbed me the wrong way, is it's just a little much. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. it. I don't want to see. He's just really, he's uh, really leaning hard into I'm it. Glad these wealthy people could yeah. come all the way across the world to mope. Yeah. Great. And like, but mm -hmm. no, I'd, I'd, I'll watch a drama about two kids. Also, Adrian Brody. Yes. I yeah. think that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <I'm not> <laughs> <laughs> but Fantastic Mr. Fox is like, is like, but what I love about it is that it's a, uh, uh, so fucking in your face stop motion. Yeah. Cause they bothered mm -hmm. to do fur, mm -hmm. which you can see matted and moved. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't, try and create an, an illusion as much as a, a lot of other stop motion stuff. It's just very clear about what it wants to be and what it is. And you just get over it. And it's beautiful with a great voice cast featuring Meryl Streep, Angela Jellica Houston, Bill Murray, and Jason Schwartzman. And of course, George Clooney. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. This Thanksgiving. Slice them up. Let's get them in the pan. These fantastic animals will discover. I want them off my land. They have to come together. Yeah! To save their home. Put these bandit hats on. I don't have a bandit hat. But I modified this tube sock. They look good. Yeah. 
I do. Goggles, it's a fantastic amount of fun for the whole family. George Clooney and Meryl Streep. You really are a fantastic fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Rated PG. In select theaters November 13th. Everywhere for everyone Thanksgiving. God damn it. Oh, oh. I'm so happy. Yeah, this so movie just, it has a look and a palette that is so different, mm-hmm. but very still very Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. That's for damn sure. Well, it feel, it feels uh, the very... animation is beautiful Mm -hmm. the way everyone moves is very very strange but like technically this is a kids movie Mm -hmm. but i can i can see some kids really liking this and some kids just being like what the fuck is happening i'll never know because like we're thinking it's boring i think i love the movie well i I think of muppets most wanted the movie that killed the muppets which is a great movie for adults Mm -hmm. and i think it looks dull and boring has Mm -hmm. a weird palette and kids will never like it and uh, then I think of Chicken Run, which is the same thing, like this weirdo version of The Great Escape, mm. which is fucking hugely popular with kids in an old-timey version of animation. And I think they're finally making a sequel to for real. Huh. I don't yeah. know well, how. Well, it, it took a while. It, it actually did not do very well on its initial release. We get to talk about it next year. I can't wait. I love Chicken Run. It's so good. It's so good. But uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, the same thing. And I have not seen Isle of Dogs yet. I'm fucking pissed at myself. Yeah, I, have, I didn't make time to see that either because i i had no idea well, i had no idea his style would translate well to animation because mm-hmm. he doesn't oh, really i feel like it's a great it, it works perfectly i don't know it was something about that the the well i think because his love of symmetry mm-hmm. and, and like a very very clear well storyboard he like likes to storyboard his shit yeah. So I guess, yeah, I should have assumed this guy would work really well in And animation. just like also, I mean, when you have such a strong aesthetic, animation is a way to create a thing was, that you cannot replicate. It in was real more life. it was more the static not I don't want to say static camera, but the manual camera movements that he's a big fan of, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of elements I love from Wes Anderson movies that make it into Fantastic Mr. Fox that are not things you typically do in animation. Mm-hmm. Like the, the filming the side of the uh life aquatic ship. Mm-hmm. As like one set. They right. do something like that in the movie, which a normal animated production wouldn't do. But it's yeah. like, oh, neat. This worked really well here. Uh, I really like the way this looks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting happy just thinking about it. Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. so warm and cozy. Like I want to live inside mm-hmm. of that world. Yeah. And it also weirdly, re- like watching this trailer again made me feel super weirdly nostalgic. Like this well, is bringing something up. And I can't remember what it is. And I just had to look really quick. Did anyone watch... The Wind movie the oh. Mouse and the Motorcycle. Hell yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. This I read the book really too. Feel, me too. And this really feels, I'm like, this is why this, this, is why this feels so familiar to me. Mine was the, the English Wind in the Willows, ah. which it, mm. it, it looks very similar to actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, stop motion stuff. I'm glad people are still doing it because I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think on paper Hollywood wants that, but like it keeps no. being undeniable whenever well, like who makes something. Yeah. Cause it takes mm. a long time and it's, you know. Not hard. bombastic. It's really hard. Yeah. I don't know. I think everything will take a long time if you need Bill Murray to show up for the production. But if you just want him to do a voice, <laughs> you know, this saving time right here. Uh, fantastic Mr. Fox. I cannot recommend it enough. It's God so damn. good. Yeah. It's really good. Also, uh, I watched this on uh, DVD mm-hmm. and it had some fun extras of a bunch of the people like sort of acting stuff out and especially Wes Anderson's just sort of like demonstrating stuff for uh, reference for the animators. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he is like all legs. He is a giant <laughs> scarecrow. He's just a big stick figure. And it's like watching him act stuff out and then watch the animated movie where everyone has really long limbs. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 that tracks. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah I think it's 
such a great kids movie too. It really hits that sweet spot of not talking down to children, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. also not being so winky winky smart yeah. for the adults either. Um, yeah. So it it just like the same way we talked about where the wild things are. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yep. uh, also, I just love the fact that they say cuss cuss cuss. <laughs> cuss cuss. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Where the cuss have you been? Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's yeah. It's pretty cute. But it's yeah, so you're cute. right. The palette it is perfect for Thanksgiving. It has yes. the exact same palette as Thanksgiving. Right. Yes. Like All fucking, those cutters. It's like a, a gourd. Uh, like a. <laughs> it's like you're yeah. inside a gourd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. But it's warm and fuzzy in there. Yellows, browns. Mm -hmm. mm. Corduroys. Quarter oh, yes. Everything's corduroy. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love uh, it. Where to go with this? Oh, man. Television. 2009. Mm. It's real exciting. Uh, I mean, for me, because like uh, I said earlier, two things I think could function as the finales for those shows. Mm -hmm. Because they air so, I don't want to say sporadically, but like uh, they take long breaks, yep. such as Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm. Oh. Which it. it's yep. it's 10th season. It's three three seasons later. is airing over 10 years later. Yep. <laughs> uh, but uh, the seventh season of Curb Your Enthusiasm is the Seinfeld reunion where Larry is, A, trying to create a Seinfeld reunion, but B, to get his wife back. Right. That would function as an awesome end to the series, a conclusion, because mm -hmm. this whole time he's playing a guy, really he's playing a guy who created Seinfeld. Yes. That's yeah. who he's playing. Yeah. Also a guy who is annoying his wife. But who's allowed to get away with murder because <laughs> yeah. he created Seinfeld as rich as fuck and everybody knows it. They even ask him how much he makes on Seinfeld on the show itself. Mm -hmm. and, it's not, <laughs> and it's not real. But uh, we, we got a little clip of, because uh, this is the last episode, and it's, which is hard to Google. It's Curb Your Enthusiasm. The episode's called Seinfeld. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Super helpful. Uh, but yeah, where they finally shoot an episode of Seinfeld. And I forget how this happened, but like Larry David like pissed Jason Alexander off so much. He's not here. I'll play George. Let me. Well, yes, because uh, as we all know, George Costanza is based on Larry David. So this, the this, man. This alone feels like something you would wait your whole life to see if you know yeah. that Larry David was the basis for George. It was a huge deal for me. The great one of <laughs> the greatest male character in sitcom history. And yeah, yes, I'm saying it. Yes, George Costanza. I and, cannot fight you is on that. A little visual, no. but Larry David comes out dressed as George, sweater mm -hmm. vest, and does Doing all the arms. Jason Alexander mannerisms, and it's. It's astounding. It may be more visual, but let's see how it sounds. Tighten it up. Right. So then, oh, you're going to do the Blackberry head down thing on me now? What is with the Blackberry people? Can I just pick up a magazine, hold it in front of your face, and read it while you're talking? Is that okay, too? Wait, what? Magazine? <laughs> hey, George. Are you happy? What? What? I want to know if you're happy. Yeah, I'm reasonably happy. You had to interfere, didn't you? George, what are you talking about? Kramer and I were all set to do this fake mugging, and you had to put all these ideas in his head that he was doing something wrong. George, wouldn't it be easier just to talk to Amanda? No. 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 Ho oh, ho! George is getting upset! <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird, and it's such a weird mocking of it's Jason Alexander. Very, yeah. And <laughs> it is very strange because it definitely feels very uh, Larry David, but then also very George Costanza. And then when yeah. you like add in the fact that, well, George is based yes. on actual Larry David, it's just you a weird You can now see which like, ones are Larry and which in. ones are Jason Alexander. It's just a weird folding in croissant of a TV show right now. <laughs> spastic physicality so is layers. all Jason Alexander. Yeah. And, and Larry David can't really do it. And I've had 
I delight watching that man try and act. Him hosting SNL is always so fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's an earnestness to it. I love it. I think he's great. Uh, and holy shit, speaking of something that can rhyme with great, John and Kate plus eight. <laughs> is uh, it, you said the finale? Is that this week? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now, what do we mean so by our finale? Our long national nightmare is over. Because didn't... Uh, we're meaning that the couple had a very public breakup. Yeah, but the show kept going without John, didn't yes. it? At some point, it was Kate plus eight. Kate plus eight. Right. Yeah. Minus one. And then apparently <laughs> there's a spinoff where Kate tries to date. Kate tries to date uh-huh. plus eight. Minus yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, what yeah. a de- it was, but it, we haven't had a reality show like that in a while. Where like uh, I, we're like I think the fame got to these normal people and, mm-hmm. and kind of probably had a lot to do with fucking up their relationship. And then we just I remember watching yeah. the guy John mm-hmm. just descent into utter douchebaggery, unlikableness. Um, Christine, Aud- yep. Chris- Christian J shirts with the dragons oh, on the back. It, the whole the... internet was in, like delighted in making fun of this guy. Yeah, and I haven't seen much like that him. since. Uh, maybe Honey Boo Boo ishness, but that was just because the fucking sideshow freak nature of everything. But uh, mm. yeah, uh, these were the truly like just real people. I think she was a nurse before mm. all of this, and uh, and he slipped eight polywalks past the goalie. Well, I think they had some help with that. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. She probably had something to do with it, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember watching the show when it first started, when the babies were real babies, and mm-hmm. finding it very fascinating and horrific. Um, yeah. If you see pictures of her pregnant belly, it looks like an alien. It is disgusting. Oh, it is absurd. But um, That is yeah, an man, unusable vagina. Really got right. <laughs> She had sex tuplets. She had six. Oh, right. She, had, twins. she had two already. Yeah, she had twins right. and then, yeah, six. And also, too, I've, I'm sure her vagina is fine because I'm pretty sure those babies came out via C-section. Oh, uh, okay. You don't just whelp them out like you're yeah. But she's got like a bunch of a Japanese calligraphy on the side of her stomach. <laughs> just, how many times the head be cut? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know what that means. A bunch of kanji all over her belly. That's what I should have said. Calligraphy. I suck. Uh, also out yeah. this week. I, I just don't understand regular people reality shows. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Well, I don't. Is... I, I know I'm watching like a fake show where they're creating problems. And I just, I just value my privacy too much to the idea of being famous for my regular life is just terrifying like mm-hmm. no i think no. This, this had that truman show quality of it would be nice if a corporation jumped in and helped this person out with her eight children <laughs> like and uh, why not film it in exchange i guess because yeah. like this person needs because they were just like regular income people like i don't know how you right. i financially i think it's hard to raise one baby let alone six oh, how the absolutely fuck do you do it? yeah how do you and do to it? get all those ed hardy shirts for your douchebag <laughs> right right come uh, on okay. all those fedoras you really gotta yeah those original ed hardy shirts from this era by the way they are glistening versions of the monty python intro seriously look at them again <laughs> it's <laughs> it's anyway also out that day uh sarah can talk more to this how i met your mother yeah because mm-hmm. I'm basic, and I got to bring up How I Met Your Mother whenever I can. But this episode yep. is the Slaps Giving to Revenge of the Slap. <gasps> the yeah. the running line uh, storyline that I love, where there was a slap bet mm-hmm. between uh, Marshall and Barney, where I think they bet. I can't remember what the original bet was about, but basically the loser got five slaps to the face, mm-hmm. and of course Marshall, played by Jason Siegel, has 
been doling them out over the course of the entire that series. That giant slapping people around. Right? Holy mm-hmm. Lord. That hand. Yeah. It's like a Mickey Mouse hand. I saw him once. He's taller than me. And I'm tall. Yeah. Um, yeah. The so, thing is, you never know when they're coming. Exactly. And it's it's very fun. And he at, in this episode, he bequeaths a slap to the main character, who's the worst. I can't remember his name now, all of a sudden, Josh because something. he's Ted? Josh Ted. Thank you. He's the worst <laughs> character, so I just, I don't pay yeah. attention to him. But this is also where we see guest starring Chris Elliott, who plays um, Lily's dad, who wasn't really part of her life, and he's a board game designer and then he comes <laughs> back uh very often and he's just so cute and charming and goofy dad and i don't know i just really love chris elliott he's just such a light me too. presence me too mm-hmm. shit now i gotta look up when his eagle heart show comes on i'm sure it was I think oh, that's coming yeah. up in 10 years too oh and also oh he's great in Shit's creek oh yeah that's right i forgot he's i keep like forgetting that's non-canadian him. in that show yeah <laughs> um, and then on the 25th ben 10 alien swarm tv movie but we're adults and we didn't see it so uh, and and sorry, this is an interesting show that I wish I loved more because of how much I love David Cross. Mm-hmm. But to his credit, it is an apex of cringe yeah. humor. It is and hard it, to it, watch because it's it's both cringe humor along the lines of the Kirby enthusiasm, but it's made in England. It has that a real like with English, mostly English people. There's Will Arnett and Spike Jones and David Cross, but the rest of it is all English, and it's so awkward and yep. uncomfortable. The increasing, <laughs> increasingly uh, poor decisions of Todd Margaret, mm-hmm. um, and it's. It's pretty good, actually, mm-hmm. but it just, yeah. I've always found it hard to rewatch because, like, the character is so fucking insufferable. He's, right. He, he, but he, he's the most deserving of all the awkwardness because he starts everything. Yeah. He lies about mm-hmm. everything and for, for no reason, for his right. own ego. And, uh, but he's not like, evil. No, not at all. So no, it's, it's just an idiot. It's, yeah, it's just a, a, a different take on that. That's why I think the, the title of the show is perfect because yeah. it's all like, what he, why is this episode so weird? He lied about where he's from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's it. That's all he did. And uh, why he did it? No reason. He just did it on the spot to be an idiot. Yeah, it's actually mm-hmm. a very good life lesson. Yeah. So children, <laughs> this is why you don't lie. It all, it all revolves around bad energy drinks. and <laughs> This is yep. what could happen. And uh, yeah, but I, I meant to revisit the show, but I have not seen it. In, I've not seen it like available in forever. I don't yeah, know what same. service it, yeah. it lies on. Well, it it was on IFC here in the U.S. This mm-hmm. is actually a U.K. debut, yes. and then we we get it almost a year later, and it's on IFC just sort of randomly. So you never know where it's going to be. It's a pain in the butt. All right, it's got to be out if there. You're somewhere. trying to watch it. Hmm? But it's got to be out there somewhere, and it's, I think it's worth watching. It's, yeah. it's pretty fun. And I think yeah, it's, it's... it just can be hard to binge. It's like trying to binge British Office or something, yeah. where it's just like, <laughs> no, it's painful. I can't. I can't. Give yourself some breaks. <sighs> Go outside. Take a walk. Yeah. Do some Stay self- hydrated. Do some yeah. self-care in between your episodes. You'll be fine. And uh, I, because I missed it on, on the cutoff last week, I wanted to give a shout-out to Venture Brothers Operation PROM. Uh, Hell yeah. Which is... In my mind, if Venture Brothers was going to end, and for two years it felt like it was the end because they didn't have a new episode, <laughs> it's it just long story short gets all the all the characters end up going all these other places, and this combines them all in the Venture Compound, having a fake prom for the homeschooled two kids with the bodyguards and Quiz Boy <laughs> Billy's Quiz Boy Boy Genius, everyone back at a prom. The Doc eventually slips Spanish Fly into the 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 escorts drinks and they all become mantises and they have to fight them all <laughs> off at the end of the episode but sure. it's it's this very sweet ending to i think venture brothers as a whole molotov cock tease kind of disappears uh yep. brock has to confront 
all this stuff and like there's a lot of threads are like completely tied up and I mean Brett would always say like this is a really good finale I almost hope they don't go forward with anything else and the show is still rewarding and fun but I don't know if it'll ever wrap things up as tightly as season four and that's Operation Prom and the clip I have oh boy this is singing earlier someone was singing the the praises of DVD Mm. for some reason you you see the show it's they, they say whatever they want and there's nudity in it but they blur it and they bleep it uh, yep. And they don't do that on the DVDs. And I was pretty shocked <laughs> because I've seen Adult Swim do this before where they're bleeping non-curse words just to make them sound dirtier. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> we now, <laughs> the show stars the Venture Brothers and their dad, Rusty. Uh, and this is him courting a girl and learning that his name might have been uh, uh, taken and termed as a sex move. Oh, oh my God. Uncensored. You. So you wouldn't have seen this on television. Oh, the censored one is so fun because, like, you really, after a point, you can't quite figure out what word was supposed to go in there. At first, you're like, okay, right, you shove the thing in the thing, and you're like, okay, I can guess what that might be. It's a running gag they keep talking. This is not the only clip of them talking about what a rusty venture is. Uh, I always love that joke where someone's getting bleeped out, like Buster, when he's uh, cursing at Lucille. (laughs) Oh, party slap! It's uh, always it always gets me. It's a great joke uh, every time. It, it is a great joke. But I was like, when I saw the DVDs, I was like, oh my god! So I'm going to do that for you guys yeah. right now. This is the most the, the biggest content warning I'll ever give you. Be on headphones right now because mm. you're going to hear this. <laughs> this is one of my favorite episodes of the show, and I think this yeah. is hilarious. We didn't know what they were saying for like two years until it came on DVD. I bet I take you to my boudoir and give you a little rusty venture. the gate you asked for a rusty venture that is bold my friend kudos what i have chill bubbly oh, in my room rust. you do realize that a rusty venture is when you take your finger and run it around a guy's asshole while you pull the guy off into his own face what my name is a sex act when did that happen uh, like in the 80s and al is way off a rusty venture is when you're 69 and you fill each other's mouth with cum and then you turn over and blow spooge into each other's crack good lord how can that be named after me what does it have to do with me? Oh, don't play coy. Your cartoon was huge in the gay community. Yikes. <laughs> 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 it is that is one of the grosser clips we've ever they played keep, on the show. They yes. keep getting worse from that. They though. do. That, that 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 is a long it's a running gag throughout uh, the episode. Yeah, and the, the I love the beep version because it's like, yeah, the point where I can't I can't figure out what the word is supposed to be where it's like, okay, and then you both beep, beep, and then you take the scuba mask and you beep, beep, <laughs> and then it goes under, beep, beep. <laughs> oh, God, if if I, before I die, someone name a horrific sex act after me. I don't care what it is. Done and um, done. Thank you so right, much. Start brainstorming. This is one yeah. of my favorite episodes of The Venture Brothers. It mm-hmm. really is. It's so good. I, I, I thoroughly encourage you to watch Adventure Brothers video games in 2009, November 20, uh, 22nd and 28th. Uh, Bitrip Void uh, is out. I never played that. <laughs> Tekken 6 for PSP. I can't remember if there's any difference. And Madden NFL Arcade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little ripoff of NFL Blitz, like an NBA Jam version of a- a- Madden Nerves. Because every time I would load up like a football game, like, I don't understand any of this shit. This mm-hmm. isn't a video game to me. This is football porn. I don't know plays. Like, throw the ball. And this is more like, that's all it is. Five on five, just play arcade style football okay. with real NFL right. teams. 
And that is about it for us. You can find out more at lasertimepodcast.com eventually. Uh, and, uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash lasertime. That is what supports 302010, Lasertime, Video Game Apocalypse, and all of our other uh, endeavors. And you get an exclusive free show every week, including a video game wrap-up show that we do. Uh, we're trying out now every single month. We want to give you guys incentives to toss us a couple bucks every month. Again, it won't hurt you, but it could mean the world to us. Uh, we do appreciate it, especially when we need to pay for to fix things. Uh, I'm done plugging. Mm. Diana, where can uh, people find you? Uh, they can find me online on the Twitters at ListenNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow us at 32010podcast at 302010podcast. Uh, you know, let us know what fun stories related to all the movies that we talked about. Mm. Do you think Back to the Future 2 is better than Back to the Future 1? Uh, whatever. Also, uh, that's where I tease what's coming next week, and next week Oh my god, I'm so holy excited. shit. It's know. huge, y'all. Oh goodness. It is huge. We only have one movie in 89 and one movie in 99, and they are legitimate fucking classics. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Which Should, should I tease more? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm gonna give you... I can I can give you one quote, and Sarah, I think you're thinking of another quote you can give. All right, my first quote, my quote is "Shitter's, Shitter's full. full." That's exactly what I was yeah. going for. Um, <laughs> Sarah, what's the '99 movie? Malkovich, Malkovich. I never played Malkovich? a jewel thief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited! I'm going to watch both good. of them I'm so again for like too. the 800th time. Mm, I haven't watched it in a while. I cannot wait. Uh, but man, thank you guys so much for listening. Hey, maybe tell a friend. But again, consider patreon.com slash later time. We appreciate all our patrons who help us make this show possible every single week. Uh, it is obviously, you know, not not work. <laughs> this show is stretched out longer than most of the ones uh, as of late. And remember, we got to research and uh, watch a bunch of this stuff, too. It's true. As always, we close out with our birth in deaths. We, we list who died during this period, and then we have a quiz about where Sarah and I face off to figure out who was born. But Diana, who'd be dead? I couldn't find anybody this week. Yay! No. Yay, nobody died. Everything was great. Mm. Cool. Okay, yeah. so then that means it's time for the birthday quiz! Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo A ding-dong doodly-doo Ding-dong-doo Happy birthday to this guy. He's turning 70 years old. Hmm. Doesn't look a day over, you know, like 60. Okay. okay. Tom okay. Skerritt. Born November 28th, 1949 in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Hmm. Hulk he Hogan. He played piano. No, it's a show. No. Uh, he played piano uh, starting as a little kid, and then one of his first gigs was as the musical director on the legendary 1972 Toronto production of Godspell. Paul Anka. Not a bad guess, actually, but if you've never heard of this production of Godspell, okay, all before they were famous, Gilda Radner, Victor Garber, Martin Short, Eugene Levy, Dave Thomas, and Andrea Martin. Wow. In one place at one time. And you can get them for like five bucks each, because they're not famous yet. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, wait, wait uh, Paul Schaefer? It is Paul Schaefer. Yes, in your face. All right. Yeah. By the way, I also guessed that too, Mass Singer. I don't know when you're going to unveil that person. Like, who could this be? Like, that's Paul Schaefer. Like, that's, yep. People watch this every week? Like, what? It took one second. That show is perplexing. <laughs> it took one second for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why does that show happen? That was, that was pretty fast. Let me get that's to the rest of the stuff. Uh, in October, we should have celebrated the 10th anniversary of his memoir. We'll be here for the rest of our lives, a swing and showbiz saga. We've seen him uh, on the show. We've seen him on Scrooged, uh, Disney's Hercules, Blues Brothers 2000, and uh, in less than a month, Man on the Moon. On IMDb, 111 music by credits, mostly nice? for producing all the concerts at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's Literally Man? all of them. 
And it's raining men. Every time it's raining men gets used in something, he gets a credit. I do love that. I wish. Yeah. There are a few songs I wish I wrote, but I wish I wrote it's raining Uh, men. I really, really do. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's like the first, like pretty much the first musical director on Saturday Night Live. Letterman Sideman for 30 years. Uh, Paul Schaefer's cool. Ted the Lounge Singer sidekick. Bill Murray's character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or it's Don Kirshner of Don Kirshner's rock concert. Yeah, he's kind of like this weird, I don't know, like sidekick to like everything cool that ever happened in show business before 2000. Mm-hmm. Like Paul Schaefer is everywhere. Yeah. Oh, if and you if you can find him on a podcast, like he'll show up with, on Gilbert Gottfried's and stuff because mm-hmm. he has met everyone and knows everyone mm-hmm. and has just the craziest fucking stories. Yeah. And seems like just the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He's a nice young man. And he's 70. So happy birthday, Paul. Happy birthday, Yay. Paul Schaefer. Oh, the Canadian. I got it. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for us. We are going to close out with a song that is in my dock as Pup Up the Jam. But can I make a suggestion here, Diana? Sure. Just uh, for my favorite Venture Brothers episode, Pulp's Like a Friend. Because uh-huh. Venture Brothers, they they talk about for Adult Swim, it costs them like a third of the budget of the episode to license songs. And they, they very, very rarely do it. But Pulp's uh, Like a Friend closes out the third season. And I'll, I'll hook you up. Uh, it's such a great song. I really like the ending of Venture Brothers, and it gives the show a, a finale feel because they've never closed out with a real song before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and especially one that, I, I wasn't that familiar is, with. They use that song really well. I will go with that, mm-hmm. and we'll say "Pump Up the Jam" for later because it is very '89. It really is. It really is. It'll reach the charts sooner or later. Yep. How about we say there's an, the next time there's an NBA final? Yeah. <laughs> we'll always hear "Pump Up the Jam" there. Pump up the jam. All right, guys, uh, watch some Venture Brothers. Consider donating to Patreon. We love you. Take care. Take care.